Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SU Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, you know, I just don't know if the world really know, understands and knows how much Aleister Crowley has affected our lives today. Like his influence on the 20th century and beyond, it's incredible. It's incredible. Aleister Crowley, the man who writes poems about eating poop. I was prepared to talk about a lot of things tonight, but that was not on the list. I'm scrambling here. Brendan. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just waiting to see how Josh ties in the sex magic into uh, what, what we got going on here. I mean, well, Eddie's 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 sex magic sigil. I mean, you could would have been appreciated on any of these big games that Notre Dame's had over the last uh, 25, 30 years. You know what I mean? We could have all use that extra uh, that extra juice. But no, dude, this started because uh, uh, message board geniuses had found a post from Warchant about a guy uh, going off about Disney and his ties to uh, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. Um, and Aleister Crowley. And the thing is, is like, this sounds crazy, but the only part that isn't true, it might be the Disney part because Parsons, Hubbard and Crowley were well known. Like they, they knew each other. They, they, I mean, Parsons, you know, wrote and Crowley wrote back and forth. Uh, Crowley thought Hubbard was a fucking kind of an idiot. Uh, but, uh, 
And anyways, it just, it just got me going because I know some stuff about this stuff. And people are like, well, this is like Q and I'm like, yeah, kind of, but not really. But maybe. I don't know. A lot of stuff about Disney was uh, <laughs> my people, the, the labor unions, uh, just dropping lie after lie uh, way back when trying to uh, just get a fair shake. So anyways, so I'm just, I've been in that realm for the last two hours just kind of chuckling about if you bring up the name Aleister Crowley, people are going to think one thing. But if you really think about it, this man affected so much of, uh, of what we know today, uh, music, TV, imagery, the whole thing. And this is a man who literally ate his own poop yes. uh, and wrote poems about it and other nasty things that I won't even discuss on this podcast. Uh, religious, like every day, uh, kind of just the weirdest of the weird shit. Uh, don't sacrifice. I just, it's, it's incredible. And this is a person, like I said, as affected our daily lives today. It's just, it's just amazing. So anyways, so he's the reason why Jared Parker is the Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. It's Alistair Crowley. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and I just, you know, it ties in because I said it ties in. And so now we can just, then we can move on. So anyways, Ah, oh, it's been, uh, but it's been a bit. We've, I've, we've we missed the whole outreach. Like this. We missed the outreach. Yeah, we've like had this. some, we've had gaps like this before between podcasts, and it's you know it's a, it's a little longer stretch than we like, uh, but the three of us just uh, you know busy busy husbands and fathers, uh, and businessmen just couldn't you know couldn't wrap ourselves around a date uh, earlier, uh, but I've gotten a lot of people. Messages, DMs, emails, uh, comments in our comment section about when the hell are you guys going to podcast? Because it's not like there hasn't been anything going on uh, in Notre Dame, Notre Dame football land, right? No, no, I would say uh, this Feels is like pretty busy. One or two things. Yeah, yeah, I would say uh, there's there's a few things that we need to uh, get into discussion. Yeah, pretty busy. And I think Brennan hit it on the tail. Like we're already past like the rage stage, the outrage stage, right? Yeah, that's past. Uh, but I think for the uh, I think for the purposes of this podcast, uh, I might just uh, I might just tap into that a little bit. I was gonna say I might gin some up. I could gin some up. I mean, if I could call Jack Valor and see what Jack Valor has to say oh about it. Oh my god! It. I mean, who knows? We'll 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 see how this thing goes, uh, and we'll see if we can get Jack Valor on the line, maybe. Um, and let us know uh, what what he really thinks. So before we move, before we get on to any of that, though, uh, let's take care of some business. Everyone needs to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next OFT podcast. And Brennan, what kind of special reviews are we looking for? Just, uh, just we are looking for out. those earned. Uh, Joseph. Offensive line coachless alt <laughs> five star reviews earned five star reviews. That's going to be a hell of a earned right there, and a hell of a three star to five star earned uh, action right there. Already oh, is I mean, right. It, I mean, it's got to be one of the biggest. Uh, he's already like uh, I think PFF had if a uh, if every player in college football was eligible for the draft. Yeah, uh, alt was going top ten. So that's. 
that's a that's a good one. That's that's good news. So I got a couple of reviews tonight for you. So let's get this bad boy started. First one here from uh, WCD forty five forty one. Not going to lie, when y'all brought up the Sam Sanchez-England conspiracy, I almost died laughing. One of the highlights of my time in the band. I want to know what song we play that sounds like Dynamite, because it hasn't been played since at least 2015. Holy shit, really? Uh, But I digress. Thanks for the laughs and making my commute feel a little bit shorter. Hopefully we'll know who the OC is by the time this is read. Oh, yeah, buddy. This was uh, on February 10th, by the way, so we're almost two weeks, uh, weeks back. I don't know what I I'm going to be perfectly honest. I I honestly do not know what the band is playing most of the time. Just the way that it's situated when we're at the stadium, you know, in the press box, you don't really hear what's going on. Uh, You do hear the jumbotron and that music and all that, but unless it's just like a, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. (laughs) I'm hitting the, I'm hitting that food up. Uh, There's all sorts of good stuff. And, and, you know, what was it? The clubs of game, they only, did they only have the one window open or was that none? Uh, they had the one. No, they um, had, no, it was zero clubs game. Right. And we were worried about the BC game, but that ended up getting popped open. Even with the snow. I thought we had one window and it was very loud and, uh, kind of caught everybody off guard when they popped it. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. So I'm not sure what I've been hearing. If they haven't been playing Dynamite, that would, that would surprise me. I would call a person a liar. They said they haven't played it since 2015, and I would lose more likely that uh, that argument. So I don't know. But, yeah, we do know who the offensive coordinator is. Uh, uh, as I like to put in my initial articles, uh, Gerard Parker. <laughs> Gerard. Well, uh, well we, can, we can say unequivocally that uh, we went to Jared. We did. And, I got to say, though, I, you know, I went straight to the DMs. You guys know this. I was like, I think I did a thing. Like I had I had Gerard in my head so hard that that's what I kept writing. And that's what I just was rolling with this whole Gerard thing. And I'm not the only one because I keep hearing that from a lot of other people from the nat- like from other beats and for the national media calling him Gerard instead of Jared. It's the new recess, right? <laughs> it's a, it's the, just, or, it's how you spell Weiss or, or Weiss, right? Yeah, I, just, uh, I think we've seen Bob a, Davies. We've seen a million examples of the of the name Gerard in our lives, and so it, it's more it's more common to look at that quick and say it's Gerard, and then and then be like, do a double take and say, oh wait a second, there is no second R there, so it's Jared. But it's hard it's hard to train your brain because. When you think when you think the word Jared, you think J A R E D, right? Right, so. right. And I'll tell you what, I've only got, I only had maybe two people, and this is inc- this includes uh, the Facebook headline warriors out there. Two people say anything to me about um, about the name, which is just amazing. Like so, I I was gonna go back and edit it, and I'm like, nah, I'm just I'm, I'm this is one foot down. This isn't. Uh, this isn't the athletic. Uh, I'm not a Medill grad. I'm just going to let it fly. Fuck it. We're having fun. Uh, and was just prepared for the backlash. And there was no backlash <laughs> that people were probably just so pissed the way things went down. <laughs> as it was. <laughs> they really didn't care how the day was spelled or pronounced. Uh, shit. So, so I got away with one. Uh, 
Next one here, and last one for tonight, uh, from OKND. And by the way, five stars in the last spot. Um, comment, uh, five stars in this one. It says, you can't lose something you never had. I love the podcast, and I can always count on it being entertaining whatever direction it turns. I would say the only thing more dependable is Maris Lewifow finding a blocker to run into. (laughs) 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 I love that. Regarding the recent OC search, I am left speechless and confused. As the dust settles, I feel really bad for Parker, who could be a good OC, but how everything went down, he just seems like a safety valve to save the administration from finding the best candidate and embarrassing themselves again. Parker is starting on the hot seat and will basically have to set the ND scoring record to get off of it. For my own sanity, can you give me a few examples of why this hire will work out? First of all, thank you, both of you guys, for the for uh, for those reviews, uh, especially the five stars. Uh, and second of all, like I agree with this one thousand percent. And I I wrote a story just the other day about it. Like I don't really have a fence that I'm sitting on with uh, with Parker. It, and it wasn't the hire. It was the whole process that I had a massive, massive, massive fucking issue. And not just the process, but like the aftermath and how Notre Dame deals with any kind of backlash. It just everything was wrong. Notre Dame did everything fucking wrong that they possibly could. Um, but that doesn't mean that Parker's the wrong hire. We have no idea. Uh, I think, you know, there are definitely some very serious thoughts out there about why this is why this could be good or why this could be uh, terrible, but I am not willing to like say one or the other just yet. I don't fucking know. I I'm happy about I'm happy that it's somebody like look we we spent how many years now with a quote unquote Kelly offense. I mean basically since you know Kelly got here and threw to Reese. I mean this has been influenced by Brian Kelly by one way or another. Now, I realize that this is going to have a lot of that flavor still, but Jared Parker's been around the block like a few times. He's been so in this- other staffs. He has been a member of other staffs and seen how other things are done, which which yes. has not been the case. And he has done other things as well. So, like, there's going to be – I'm not sure – you're definitely not going to see it this spring. Uh, and I'm not sure how much we're going to see right off the bat in 2023 – but moving forward, like throughout the season and into next year, the I think the office is going to take on an entirely different feel than it has in the past. So I guess I would be remiss to say that, you know, he did bring in Chip Long in 2017. Um, right. seven, and, and, and honestly, guess what worked? That Chip's offense, offense yeah. was so it's, it, not, it's a good th- Chip Long's offense is the highest scoring offense in Notre Dame football history. The 2019 so offense is the, the highest scoring offense in ND football history. And that was with a dump in Ann Arbor. Yeah. But I mean, you use, you use that as kind of like a little bit of a basis that you can understand that, Hey, you know, this, this could work um, because of those types of reasons. I mean, Chip Long was not a very accomplished no. uh, offensive coordinator by the time he got to Notre Dame. He did have a really good season, at, you know, with Memphis, uh, but you know, there was no, it's Norvell calling the plays, um, just kind of like it, it is for, you know, Atkins right. at Florida state. Um, I, so I've, I've softened on this hire a little bit, mostly because I hated all of the, I hated all of the, um, candidates that we brought in. You were not an Andy Ludwig. <laughs> I was not an Andy Ludwig guy. You were, and, and he was not, he was in our, he was in the DMS 
uh, berating us. I would say berating. Uh, if you, <laughs> the, but the here's the thing. I took the heat because I would I I put a thing on Twitter where I said you know maybe it was and then people were very upset about it. Um, but here's 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 the 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 reality. I wasn't the first one to hate Andy Ludwig. It was Greg Flamong who was so <laughs> incredibly and we're laughing. I cannot express to everyone how much he hated Andy Lugwood when this name was first floated. And then he eventually talked himself into it uh, when the hire looked like it was going to happen. But he was like, he's watching games of, of Utah. And he's like, what, what is this? What, 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 what are we doing? Like, here's, here's what I'll say. I have softened on this hire. I'm glad at this point that the end result is Jared Parker instead of Andy Ludwig or um, Colin Klein. Uh, Colin Klein's a big nerd, and he would have been a dud on the recruiting trail. Andy he Ludwig, is a nerd. He, is, he a nerd. is a nerd. Andy Ludwig has never recruited at a high level. He's an old man, and now you're going to have him kind of come in and, and, and orchestrate this high flying uh, recruiting process that Marcus Freeman wants to implement with all of his staff members. Like, are you kidding I me? Did like, I did like to have the combo year. though. But, but then the your combo of, of, Har- of Harding and, and Ludwig was a little, made it even a little more intriguing because for the product on the field, it would have been good enough to get Notre Dame, you know, 10, 11 wins and they wouldn't have had a drop in it and it would have been fine. It would have been fine. But from a recruiting standpoint, I think Jared Parker is leagues better than either of the two candidates they had that didn't want to the job, according to Marcus Freeman. Um, I, I think Jared Parker, what, what, what's his name? War daddy. Is that what he's called? I don't even get that. What is that? <laughs> Which is phenomenal. Oh, dude, he's know. a war daddy. He's a war daddy. I don't know, but we're Jude, I know you better get ready for mean, it. I don't know what they mean together. I don't know what they mean I, together. I think he just means he's a he's a dad who's ready for war, man. He's like he's ready to That's ready so to go to protect the kids. I don't I don't know, but I, I can tell you right now, like the he, uh the, the tagline for the for this show moving forward uh might have to do a lot with War Daddy. I, you know, I I I feel more comfortable with him as a recruiter, which is, I think, as much as anything has held Notre Dame back on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think that they've ever really had a Marcus Freeman tier recruiter on like that wasn't Tommy. That wasn't Tommy's deal. He was more low key. Um, That's never been any of their deals to really be a dogged recruiter. And my hope is, is that this hire with Jared Parker, that is what he brings to the table. So if with the, uh, original question from the from the review, um, you know, to talk him into it. Uh, how does this work? Well, it's worked because it worked when we elevated Clark Lee. So so we know that it can work. Uh, elevations can can you know. It's just the thing that gets me and gets everybody and that makes this hire difficult is how everything went down. Um, Notre Dame looking like they were you know pulling the purse strings tight. Um, you know, the, the hockey thing, uh, with Ludwig, uh, with the reports that they were shot down by Klein. This is, this is, this is, this is the thing that bothers me so much is we still have no clarity on how this actually went down. Notre Dame Jack Swarbrick's email tells one story. Marcus Freeman's press conference tells another story. Whoever's leaking shit to, you know, on the Utah side is telling a third story. Like 
this is to me, this is clear as mud. And it, it bothers me because like, there's just, it could not have been this great of a miscommunication between these assholes. Like it just, and yet it was, no, it wasn't. It was just, (laughs) it's so dumb. I mean, I just, I, I don't even understand. Like, okay. The miscommunication, I I can firmly believe the miscommunication was that they thought that Ludwig's buyout was one number and then they came to they came to find that it was another number. But if you follow, then that's when the paths diverge, which is was Notre Dame willing to pay the number or not pay the number. And if they were willing to pay the number, then why did why is Ludwig not our new offensive line coach or offensive coordinator? Right. And so, like, did he get cold fee or. Did something else scuttle the deal or was was Notre Dame tight on the purse? Like, I, I just we don't we don't know. All I know is there's no fucking way you bring a guy to a to a hockey game if you don't. And think that's that, the fishiest. Oh. That's the fishiest part. And it was well, the no, one it, thing that why would you it's hide? The one thing that Marcus Freeman spoke about you that mean? I didn't uh, that I didn't think that he was being completely fort with. I, I don't not to say he was lying, but. Dude, I understand that that's what you do. Everyone knows what that means. Everybody knows what that means when you take you – know, this isn't a recruit. This is an assistant coach. When you take him out in public like that, everybody knows what that means. This isn't that move. And he was he was basically selling it like this is you know what you do You know when you're – No, it's like, not no. what you do. No. No, no, no. no one, belie- you no one your, believes this. You don't bring your new no girlfriend one, to a family function. Yeah. No one believes that. No one, no one believes that you bring you bring a guy that you just like and who you're ultimately not going to pick to a very public event like that. But That's, I mean, don't you think? Don't you think even more highly of Jared Parker, knowing that dude, he did some Jedi fucking mind trick shit. I'm telling you what, this dude is sneaky. Uh, just the fact that he was he's like a Sith Lord, man, just hanging in the background, like move, moving the chess pieces, uh, all you know, in his favor. I mean, dude, I mean, I think. Maybe Jared Parker is the right hire because he went through this. I mean, just the fact that he was sitting there at the hockey game with Ludwig and Freeman and then how this thing all turned out. I mean, I could write oh, some geez. fan fiction all summer long. That would the, be incredible. Okay. So Brendan's going to have to help me with this, but there's a, there's a um, let's make a deal, right? Let's make a deal. When you pick a door, and they eliminate all the other doors and it's down between your door and another door. Are you supposed to switch or are you supposed to stick with the door that you have? And you're always supposed to switch because there's some like mathematical like certainty behind it. Right. And so what I'm saying to you is, Jared Parker, what is the probability that he is literally the best that they could do in terms of this often offensive coordinator hire? The guy that you have in house. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, this is a this is a primo job with a great quarterback and a great setup, and you fucking whiffed. And now you're sitting here trying to sell me Parker and telling me that he's some poor fucking war daddy. And I don't even understand what that word that what that means. And we're, I'm gonna sit here. We're gonna definition. And I'm gonna eat this shit because that's all the choice that I have. But don't ask me to be happy about it. That's ridiculous. Right. But here's the thing. Like I wasn't going to be happy if it was. Ludwig, I wasn't going to be happy if it was Klein. I wasn't going to be happy with any of the choices or any of the directions that they wanted to go in with their offensive coordinator hire. And on top of that, any perspective, because because I'm pouring through potential candidates like, all right, who could Notre Dame hire that would make me happy? Because that's what I did is, is I looked at it. It's like, all right, well, then who would make me happy? And the, the fact of the matter is 
there's nobody that really was out there that would have made me happy. There was no Munkin out there where it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a slam dunk. Everybody had warts. Everybody had flaws. Just the way that college football is in 2023 right now is there is not that offensive coordinator available unless you were willing to try and steal um, – you know, Riley from Clemson who, who, who went from TCU to Clemson. Cause that would have been the move. So let's pull on that string for a little bit. Why aren't you willing to steal somebody that, you know, you have the money, you know, you have the, you have the prestige of the program, you know, you have the setup. That and that's the thing, right? The money, to any right? Offensive coordinator. And, and now we're sitting here looking at guys that nobody really loves and are kind of like meh candidates. And then we miss on those. Get near th- we were to get near three million dollars a yeah, year miss on those to, te- to keep to keep Tommy candidate. I just like so like we said in the last podcast, if you're going to spend three million dollars a year on keeping Tommy, don't you just still have that money to go get somebody else? Right. And that's a lot of money. I mean, that's a that's a good that's well, a good look, price. Look, so I, I guess part I want, of that. Oh, go ahead. I want to just I want to lay down a marker here. I I just. I was skeptical about the Marcus Freeman hire. I allowed myself to get talked into it and get excited about it because of, you know, because of how excited you guys were. I just don't believe he he does this part of the job very well. And I think ultimately this is going to cost him his job. And I hope to hell. Well, I'm not, and I will take no pleasure. This, in, right. I will take. No I just I, I just don't know if we know. My, this, my thing is, is I don't have any confidence. And I've said this several on several things. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. But I'm optimistic as hell because we have no track. We have no real track record can of that, work. that stuff just yet. It, oh, absolutely can work. I uh, it absolutely right. can work. And I would and and trust me, I'm not I'm not the guy who's sitting in his basement refusing to watch Notre Dame football. I will be cheering just as hard as everybody else. I just don't think I think this whole thing from the fact that he seems to have gotten steamrolled by Swarbrick and, and Paulus. And the and the and the just the whole process that he went through in identifying and selecting a candidate was very bad, and it, I think it I think it's led to a bad outcome. And I I just want to be wrong. I just really really want to be wrong about this. But um, I just, I don't think I don't think you're wrong though, this. dude. Because this was my be this was my one concern with the Marcus Freeman hire initially, is that the hardest thing for first time head coaches is the ability to put together a staff because they've never done it first off second off for a first time head coach. They don't have the connections or the networking in order to um, bring in guys because they haven't, they don't have as much of a track record as having worked with people. There's no, there's no links that he has. And the links that he had does have is Jared Parker, who he used to drive to practice with at Purdue. So the the links that he has are all younger, inexperienced links because he's a younger and inexperienced head coach. And this was always the concern with a first time head coach is how do you conduct these hires, which it was alleviated for me at the initial hire because it was like, well, you have Reese on board. So at least you don't have to worry about that. And he brought in Al Golden, which was a guy who had had coaching experience and at least was going to be competent enough. And he let Tommy Reese pick Terry Heastan, which was a terrible, Disaster. terrible decision. Disaster. Yep. And that's, so, and you know what? That might have submarined this deal 
in the end was that when Tommy left, Harry left too. And then suddenly you're not just replacing Tommy Reese. You're replacing Harry. He stand as well. And you're going to have to spend a million dollars on a coach. By all accounts though, Marcus Freeman knew he stand was leaving if Tommy left. Like this, what that wasn't a surprise to anybody in that office. He stand was leaving. Which is probably why he, he targeted Ludwig. Look, because, because of Harding. He got saddled. He got saddled with Reese. Right. And so I, I don't I guess I really don't understand this whole like this whole like taking a back seat to everyone in this decision making process. There's not one time where I feel like Marcus Freeman's like, I'm the goddamn head coach. You hired me for a reason. Let me make some of these decisions. He's just been like, OK, Tommy, hire your friend. It doesn't matter to me whether you're gone in a year because we all know you're gone in a year. And that this guy has like literally no juice left to, to, uh, to teach college kids anymore. And by the way, I'm so fucking over people giving Harry Eastan credit for shit. Like Harry, like now we're going to give Harry Eastan credit for the one year that he coached uh, Notre Dame, the second go around. Like I just, I'm in not those first in those first three games that. were an absolute unmitigated disaster on Eastan's part. Yeah. Have you got to oh, give I, Jeff I, Quinn credit disaster. for getting, for getting all ready to go as he was down to like his fifth fucking tackle. I mean, <laughs> the I mean Jeff look, if he's, if he's a good source for, for reporters or a great guy to have a beer with or whatever and stuff like that, or you admire the fact that, you know, that he's old school or whatever, that's all fine. But I am done with the worship on the altar of Harry. He because it just, well, we're not going to, this is dumb. Not gonna have to worry about tell, that. tell me, tell me about the development of Rocco Spindler under Harry. He I'll hang up and listen for that. Oh, no. Um, hey, so I want to I want to clear the air though, Jude. I want to I want to I want to teach you a little war, Daddy. Okay. Are you ready? You ready to be learned here? Yeah. All right. So, War Daddy is the nickname of of a character Brad Pitt plays in a movie called Fury, uh, by the name of Don Collier. It's a, it's a yeah. So with Shia, with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it was also the nickname for a World War II um, tank crew commander by the name of. I fucking love this name. Lafayette G. Poole. That is a fucking tank commander. That's a name. Lafayette G. Poole. And his nickname was War Daddy. This might be the coolest dude ever lived. I might have to do a whole series this summer. Audie Murphy would like to have a word, but uh, go ahead. Whole thing. But the Wiktionary probably holds the key to this whole thing. It says the phrase may have originated with Harold T. White, a coach at Mississippi's Perkinson Junior College in the 1950s. Uh, and it says a player with extraordinary ability and exceptional toughness. So there's your war daddy, Jude. That's what a war daddy is. He has exceptional ability and is tough on the, on the recruiting trail. I looked in the urban dictionary and he might, and he might be a thick commander. I looked in urban dictionary and it says a war daddy is an inmate slang term for a pimp and a male person who wants one who sex up, sets up sexual liaisons. So I'm not also, sure. Okay, I'm on board with that as well. Um, uh, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't believe I've ever heard that phrase used in those settings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny uh, that. Uh, but I will. I will go. I'm gonna. This is fucking Lafayette G. Pool that we just hired as our offensive coordinator, and I am. I'm okay with that. Um, Look, I, I think all we can do is put on a brave face and smile because literally we got fed this guy 
And now we just have to be happy about it. And I am well, still, I don't like, see, and I don't like that fucking attitude, Jude. I do not. I do not. I did not like people in the comments section bitching about people that were bitching about this as is it's time to move on. Well, it's fucking February. If we want to bitch about this is the perfect oh, no, I'm time. Still in the, I'm still in the morning stage. Yeah. I'm sure by yeah, time but, September rolls around, I'll be, I'll be fully on the, where do I get my customizable Jared Parker? Uh, but I mean, you were, you were West Virginia. You guys were on the right track with like the timing issue. Not necessarily just like, like, like they were blindsided about he said all that, but just like the fact that how deep we got before Reese got pulled away. And it's just like your candidate list just starts dwindling down. I mean, guys are getting re-signed. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole thing going on where there goes your, your pool of guys that you're looking at. And again, with Freeman not having all but one year as a head coach, you know, and really just a couple, a couple stops before that, his list of people that he knows is not, is not that wide. I mean, he has to really go outside of his circle, which is a tough for, especially in his position as the head coach of Notre Dame, you got to have a lot of fucking trust in yeah. somebody and to go outside of your circle to help you do the job that you are probably barely sleeping at all. I mean, I, you know, and about it's funny. You mentioned the Reese thing too. Cause like, let's put it, th- let's put some context on it too. When, when I'm talking about like, I'm trying to find out who I want to, to be an offensive coordinator for Notre Dame. And it is very tough for me to find somebody available out there. And it was so tough for Alabama that they had to take a coach that averaged 33 points per game over his three year stint at Notre Dame. Oh, don't, don't let, don't let some of the Notre Dame beat here. You say yeah, that. Don't, like, yeah. Don't, don't, work don't, I mean, but, but, Tommy yeah, Reeves was like, who, run, the was like running the best muster, the best show on turf. Points, can't muster 15 points against fucking Stanford is your choice for offensive coordinator. All right, fine. <laughs> okay. Alabama. That's, 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 that's the best Alabama can do. Well, that's, there is this no is like shorting, it's like Schrodinger's offensive coordinator, right? Everything right. that Tommy Reese, everything that the offense did that was great was Tommy Reese's genius. And everything that offense did that was terrible was the fact that we had Drew Pine as our quarterback. Right. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. he, he somehow that, for, for nothing, he, he some got blamed for nothing bad and credit quarterback that he went all balls deep in on how many balls offers were out deep. that year to quarterbacks there, Brendan zero. That was the only quarterback he offered after the year that he offered Offer. uh, as the quarterback. Offers. It was an a, offer. They got, you know, Brandon Clark, no disrespect, Joshua, but Brandon Clark was a low three star quarterback. And you follow up the Brandon Clark. A lot of Clark, moxie. A lot of moxie. A lot of moxie, a lot of grit. And you follow up the Brandon Clark signing <laughs> by offering one quarterback in Drew Pine. And that was it. And then he ends up having to start because of course he starts because Brandon Clark's gone. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, Buckner gets hurt or whatever, but still, I mean, like this was a guy that you well, Clark was hurt. Clark was hurt in high school. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> the whole thing. It's, I don't even think he's playing for ODU. Look, is he? he? I don't think no, he, he played for ODU. He did. I don't think he had a snap in last year. No. Yeah. So. You go back. I mean, just going back and look at the, the offer list. And it's just that that is mind boggling in this day and age. You offered one guy yeah. like you couldn't even offer like a couple backups, like, like just, just in I case mean, you offered happened, your backup, right? right. I, mean, it's like, well, I mean, you offered your third. You, didn't you pass on, didn't you tell Cade McNamara? No, thanks to for that. No, just, uh, Ma- no, McNamara was not. 
McNamara was something J- else. I know JJ was a no thanks. Uh, we're taking Buckner. Um, right. McNamara was something was uh, was a different reason. I mean, it was, it was within that kind of realm. Like, well, screw you. I'll go somewhere else. Uh, Iowa quarterback Cade McNamara now. Right. Right. We'll see if he <laughs> can average that 25 points 25 per points game, game to keep that Brian the, employed. That the athletic can't fucking stop talking about. Iowa is the is the hottest program in America. Like if you could be that incompetent and still win uh like seven, eight games a year, they will talk about and you're not a blue blood. Andy they Staples. Will, Andy Staples will devote it, his entire life. Hours. If I, if Andy Staples had his druthers, he would do nothing but talk about biscuits. Sauceless barbecue in Iowa football. And I'm good with all of it. I'm good with all of it too. (laughs) (laughs) That's his jam. Like I'm, I'm all for the schadenfreude of Iowa being just abysmal. Um, So I, I want to, I want to get to, I want to get to the thing that really like, it's still. So as we're moving along, I think it's safe to say that all three of us agree on a couple, on a very principal thing here, like we got Jared Parker because their top candidates went elsewhere for one reason or another. That was a no for whatever reason it was. It was a no, and they were just down to it. And uh, here was the guy. Yeah. Now, Marcus Freeman can say he was a, you know, maybe it was a great, impressive interview. We weren't there. We can't speak to that. But just like the smell test. Seems a little strange. Like your best candidate was here all along. That that doesn't really check out. I think we. I think all three of us can agree that that, that all that seems a little fishy. Moving past that, Notre Dame took a historical backlash from the Ludwig thing for all the reasons we stated. The the trotting out at the hockey game. Fans are tired. Are sick and fucking tired of. I don't know how else to say it. Of being embarrassed online. Like you're a fan, you're online, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, you're on these websites, yada, yada, yada. Just and L after here's L. this guy. Try- People are tired of, of having to defend Notre Dame, getting blown out by Alabama or, or fucking, Clemson. you know, well, what, what, whatever the case is, people are tired of the embarrassment. And here is like a self-inflicted, like self-inflicted embarrassment that they have to deal with now. So now people are even more pissed. And so now here comes the emails, here comes the the tweets and all the stuff over to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame does what Notre Dame has been known best to do over the last decade, and that's double and triple down on how they go about things and call everybody else fools, as if they know better. And you've seen that with some of the secondary staff, like liking some pretty some pretty the some some pretty random fucking tweets. Uh, that were basically just brown nosing the shit out of Notre Dame for no reason. Uh, it just things of that nature, and without offering any context at all about their process during the process or immediately after. Three days later, then Jack fuck balls up, sends out an email that universally throughout the country, and this is why this is a national story is because this gets out, and you start getting the Stuart Mandels of the world, the Josh Pates. Everybody sees this email and they're like, this is the most arrogant, pompous fucking thing I've ever read. That's not my words. That's uh, everyone else's words. I don't disagree with them because I think it was arrogant and pompous and totally tone deaf uh, towards the crowd. 
you know, stating that you will have the money to back them whatsoever, and then dropping a fucking link in to donate to the general fund. Right, just, right, right. You you go full use Bernie it a quote Sanders. From a, I am once again asking for your financial support. Use it, use it a quote from a movie that is what, 30, 30 years old, 35 years old? Yeah. About Look, famous, yeah. That that whole thing era? that whole thing was was covered in snark and it was it was just it came off as incredibly like you know, th- that was like Jack Swarbrick walking in and being like, I was just finishing up an, a, a really interesting uh, article in the in the Observer or the when, when they remember when they ran the ad about Brian Kelly and oh, in the Comic Sans yeah. made some yeah. joke or whatever. Like that's that's just Jack Swarbrick. He can't help himself. And like that that solicitation for money was as serious as the solicitation that came from what was it te- was it Tennessee when they when they pulled down the goalposts and. Oh, for yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Matt Brown wrote an article that basically said never miss a, a never miss a uh, chance to do a solicitation. Like basically people who who do this for a living are like, yeah, that was perfect because it's not like they need the money. But since we're everyone's talking about the money, you might as well ask people for money. And it's a little bit like put your money where your mouth is. Like if you feel like you feel so strongly about us needing money, then why don't you give us money? But at the same time, Jack Swarbrick knows we don't need money. Jack Swarbrick knows that he would have been willing to he he says he would he would be willing to pay. Well, it was like, what he said, too, within that about being a steward of the like, I don't give a fuck what you do with the money, Jack. I don't need you to be a steward with the money other than to fucking but, use it. Like, don't and, get, and think, like, why is Brian Kelly gone? Because I, things I that were told like, to him that why, were going to be there, why didn't projects that were supposed Hesburgh. to be done? Father Hesburgh would have been extremely proud of Jack Swarbrick's priorities in that in that email, but that, which was my biggest beef with the email. Will never win a national championship, so right because the priorities in the email were the most absurd part. Which number one, number so Jack, one, number one, promote the university. That is the number one priority. That is a fucking like if they would have said the 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 student athlete experience like yes the yes. actual teaching and getting an education that Graduate is fine students my understanding is, is being a Notre Dame fan we're all here we're all Notre Dame fans if you're listening to this podcast you're a Notre Dame fan the one thing you hang your hat on is you can say you know hey we graduate our players we do it the right way and that's so, important to a lot of alumni a lot of just regular subway alums that. Notre Dame does that. Like that yeah. is it. Like if you yeah. if you said that's the number one priority. It's as important as playing Navy to a bunch of people. Right. And, and it is important. Let's not, let's not it is there. important. <laughs> Saying that like. In, but in, that in, wasn't in, your number one. That was, was not. not your number one goal that he it was. was your number it, two. Promoting Notre Dame. <laughs> Which is bullshit. Which number three win a national championship. What is the. Jude, I know we've talked about this before the podcast. What is the best way to promote your, the school to fucking mm-hmm. win? That's why they are where they are is because they won. That's if, how you promote. And I, if I'm not you saying, wanted to I'm, do it, I'm to, not saying win at any cost. I'm not saying break all the no, rules or do no, it like Texas no. A&M is doing it. I'm just saying there are ways that we know that, that this this could be going better. And Jack Swarbrick's not interested in any of those. He's interested in writing fucking snarky emails, right? And so that wasn't helpful to the absolute cause. No. He should have ignored all this. And I hate the fact that he said – you know, no one asked us to, and nobody asked for our opinion. There's no fucking way that Eric Hansen 
and Pete Sampson and you know uh, Matt Freeman and all those people that do this for a living didn't reach out to Marcus Freeman and or Jack Swarbrick and say, give us your perspective on why this happened. And then for him to say, well, but if only we were asked, you know, we could have cleared up this record. And now I have to write this email because so many people have misunderstood me. It's like, no, well, and I'm going to say this, too. Even if even if and I can't say whether they did or not with any certainty, even if nobody reached out to Notre Dame about it. There's a reason why they're not open to this shit. The only they way you get this information is through this. back channels. They're not giving. Ex- they're not going to sit down with Tim Priester and say, "Well, you know, Tim, uh, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, we got the guy in the plane thinking that the buyout was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and oh my god, it was two point eight million dollars." So Jack does a, Jack pulls a lawyer trick there, saying, "Well, you didn't ask us about the basically you didn't ask us about the thing we would never tell you anyways." Right. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> it, that is a lawyer trick, right? That is fucking, that is well, slick that's as why, shit. I mean, he's a lawyer, so that, that look, checks out, checks the box. Look, Jack, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Jack is very fucking good at his job. And Jack has done a ton for Notre Dame and it's for tough. the mission, the and for the mission of what Notre Dame athletics is about, like specifically with football, one of the biggest priorities, whether he didn't put it on there, was keeping Notre Dame football independent, right? And the fact that he is still able to go through all the realignment waters and kept Notre Dame independent, whether you like the current setup with the ACC or not, doesn't matter. The fact that he saved a college football season in 2020, I mean, they, I mean that is not hyperbole. Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick saved, saved the college football season. They kept the ACC like, in play, which kept the, the, the which which forced everybody else to come back. So please forced allow us. Well, so I'm because. saying that to say, please allow us to criticize the fuck out of him, because we respect the shit out of the, a lot of the job that he's done. And this isn't just fly off the pan. I hate Jack Swarbrick. Jack D's fired nonsense that comes no, out of a lot no. of people's mouths. This is a genuine. You fucked up. We're calling you out about it. You're never going to back down from your, from your stance and you don't have to obviously, but that doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean you were, you're not right every time. Just like, I'm not right about everything all the time. I'm wrong all the time. Right. But, and that, and that, I mean, <laughs> but Jack did a lot, has done a lot of good here, but we could call this situation out right here is that from start to finish, there was a fumbling of the ball all the way through. Right. Like, look, Adam Schefter, that, that email. Adam Schefter can write 99 great tweets, but he still wrote the Deshaun Watson tweet. You know what I mean? Like it's just exactly. it's it's uh, it's OK. Like it's not it's not an absolute like career ending blemish on his part. It just it was not my favorite email. And and frankly, it didn't it didn't need to be written. It didn't need to be written. It did. It cleared up nothing. It cleared up nothing. All it did was continue to muddy the waters about what happened. And if that's what you were trying to accomplish, then I guess congratulations, you did it. But um, what are the, this whole, this whole what, thing, what are the look, great lessons I let's learned? Not, well, let's not overlook the fact that this whole thing got mismanaged. Somebody, whether it's Ron right. Paulus or Jack Swarbrick or somebody whose job this is to know what that number is, did not know that number, did not know that number. And so fine. It was a hiccup, an obstacle, something that could have been overcome. I, I believe all of that to be true. Yes. But you didn't need to be in that. You didn't need to put yourself in that position in the first place. You didn't need to give uh, Ludwig time to think, wow, if they can't get this simple thing about my contract, right, then what else are they not? What else are they screwing up? You know, if that's right. why he got cold feet, I don't blame him. No. One of the great lessons I learned from watching uh, Netflix, the crown 
is the philosophy of the queen who basically is just like fucking baffled anytime anybody does anything or says anything. Like she's fucking like just absolutely bamboozled where she fully believes that the best policy most, most times is to say nothing. Yeah. I mean, shut the fuck up. And that's that's exactly what Jack should have done here. That email should have never been written. I think the Ludwig, I think the Ludwig thing is it is the epitome of the Garth Brooks unanswered prayers song. I mean, thank God for unanswered prayers. Like, I just do not think he was the answer. No, uh, you know, I'm 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 firmly in the camp of I can't believe this was this was the this was the available pool of nominees when you have three million dollars to wave around. Yep, that's my stance too, dude. Like yeah, I'm. At that point, I'm like, you need to start looking at NFL guys, uh, start kicking yeah. the tires on the Sean McVay tree. Um, like, yeah, my, I guess I was just looking at it like, like, okay. And, that, and I, I asked that in one of my articles. I said, are these the top guys that you really wanted? And I guess I have to give, I was giving the benefit of the doubt. Like, all right, at least, you know, Klein and, uh, and, and Ludwig seemed like they were like your top guy. Like, these were names that were that were been around for a while. Um, you know, Dude, I, wanted head, I the, wanted head coaches who were at other G five or P five schools. Like, I just think that they're, this job is is so attractive. It should have it right. should have attracted somebody. So I, I was just giving the benefit of the doubt. Like, all right, these are the guys you wanted, and you just the absolute shit show that that came after that just makes the whole thing unbearable. And like. I don't know, man. I mean, how pissed off? Okay, how pissed off would you, would you have been if the top three candidates would have been just straight up known as Ludwig Klein and Parker, and we got and we got this without the without the hockey game uh, unveiling, without the hockey game unveiling, and it was Ludwig Klein and Parker. How pissed off would you be about Parker being the OCD? I'm actually. I actually think it's better for Parker in the sense where I think people are like, just almost like Notre Dame in a way where they're like, they're so fucking over what just happened. They're just ready to move on. Whereas if, if it would have gone the other route, people would have been really upset thinking, why are you not going outside the outside of the line and all, you know, all this other stuff. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this, this whole, this whole thing was just such a, I mean, just dropping the Cluster. ball at every. I believe the correct term is a clusterfuck. Yeah, a clusterfuck is right. It's, and, it's incredible. It just it was a bad time. Jude's right. Jude's out. It was Jude's a bad time for right. OC. Because next this is just year, too good of a this is too good of a gig, too good of a job well, for this for for the sale job that Notre Dame gave about who they could actually get. This is not. This is not. You know, this job was once held by Charlie Molnar because that's all Brian Kelly could get. In 2010. But 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 I, but I guess my my point you know is, I mean? is and this goes to to what I've, I've, I've continued pounding the, the payment for is it's like. I just don't think it was a good year. It's it's like when you need a quarterback in the NFL draft and the best that you can do is Danny Dimes and you need a quarterback. So that's who you're going to draft. You're going to draft Daniel Jones. And that's just hey. I'm I'm sorry, Jude, but the, like right, it's like you need a quarterback, and that's the quarterback. Yeah, you mean, class you mean one and zero in Notre Dame Stadium, Daniel Jones? I, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, you know, Vanilla Vic, right? It's that's the best when you need a quarterback. That's just that just happens to be the guy who's available to you, and th- and that's what you have to end up with. Like 
you're the Chicago Bears. You end up with Mitchell Trubisky because that's what's available to you. Because no, that's, Pat Mahomes was available to them. They just didn't that, realize it. That is so. true. That is true. Um, but but I mean, Sean the, the Kaiser was still, also available to them. So I guess they I think I guess they they got that one right. But the point still remains. Uh, like when you take him a Mahomes, right? You assistant quarterback or whatever. But but yeah, you. I digress. The point is, is it's not like it's a quarterback class that was deep and full of of there. It was not a deep year for offensive coordinator hires. It was a bad year to hire an offensive coordinator. There's nobody proven and nobody that had the track record um, that would have had you excited next year. Perhaps that changes. It was a low scoring year in college football this year. And Alabama was on the market. Um, and they took their guy, which was Tommy Reese. And that should tell you everything you need to know in just sort of this class is that they drafted their guy in Tommy Reese. And I'm not especially high on a Tommy Reese offense, a Tommy Reese offense that couldn't get it together against Marshall, couldn't get it together against Stanford, couldn't get it together in the second half against Ohio State. Like you couldn't figure out a way to to, to put together. If, if you're a top flight offensive coordinator, I don't care what it is. You're going to be able to figure out how to get your offense to work. And there were multiple games this year where it just did not work. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is just, a, what did I we think, say before the, what I mean, did we I say before? Said, the, I think we've said what, what, what we all felt. And, and, you know, we've conjured up the, the feelings that we had in real time about this or whatever. And, you know, look, I just, I'm, I'm the biggest Jared Parker fan now. I, you know, the guy puts up 38 <laughs> points per game. I hope you shove it up my ass. Every, every, everybody's listening to this podcast. Like, you know, I just like, I, I, I would, I would celebrate with you. I'd be like, oh man, I, I was so, I'm so glad I was wrong about this. Um, because that's, but, that's you, but is it really your opinion about him as a offensive coordinator or your opinion about Notre Dame's process? Because I feel there's a huge difference in those opinions. Right. Like, and and and, and I'll fully admit, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know really much about him as an offense coordinator. I mean, I know that the history with with being demoted at at West Virginia after calling plays for six games. But like, I, I don't like. I'm not Greg Flamang. I haven't. I haven't pulled out all the old tapes and 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 sat there and said this works and this doesn't work and and maybe this is what we can do. I mean, he says he's going to run the Reese offense. That doesn't give me a lot of. I mean, okay, you know. And breaking news, breaking news, uh, Notre Dame pisses away another ACC game uh, after going <laughs> big into halftime over UNC. They lose sixty-three fifty-nine. I just had a. I'm just stuff. glad. I'm just I glad just that wish, none of us had to to suffer through that. I wish that I had. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I had. Out emotions. I wish I'd bet a Notre Dame second half collapses this year because I feel like I could have made a lot of money off of. It's, a, uh, it's been incredible. About it's, you know just betting incredible. when they were up and then just it, uh, taking the money line on the other team. So. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's just absolutely dreadful. How do you watch that product? That product is unwatchable. It, I, just, I don't oh, know. Way, I can't. Speaking, I haven't speaking, missed very many games. Speaking of guys who are who are fucking dead to me. Mike Bray, dude. Mike what Bray's the fuck? Dead. Like, I'm gonna continue to coach. Okay, good luck. I don't. I hope you like literally just go coach in fucking D2 or something. I just this is dumb. Enjoy Wait, Ionia. I mean, I, enjoy so, coaching Ionia, right, Jude? Isn't that what you said? You Iona, yes. Ionia. Yeah. As it's, as the rest of the season is just getting mailed the fuck in. Mail. I mean, it has been. What, are they two and fifteen? Uh, premium, are they, premium postage. Are two they two and fifteen? In, yeah. in the ACC. In the ACC. Yeah, two embarrassed. Which I think our our first season I think was a three three conference win season in the ACC. Yeah, but so you have I, Boston College basically since the point shaving season, uh, having their greatest conference basketball year ever, and then uh, Notre Dame's over here just like embarrassing. They're losing every every. And it's it'd be one thing too if they were just getting trounced in these games. They're not. They're losing a ton of of close games, so it is just heart wrenching, man. It's just uh, they're just playing for themselves at this point. The Mike Bray doesn't. Yeah. Mike Bray has lost it. It's just this is done. We'll see. We'll see who sticks. I mean, at this point, it's just like I need Van Allen Lubin to come back and JJ Starlin to come back. Other than that, I whatever. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Well, the good news is, just, I'm very confident in Jack Schwarber getting this higher right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, the pressure's off. Pressure's off. So I want to get back to something I was going to say was, speaking of Jack Swarbrick, when this first, when we first had a deal with, with Tommy leaving and doing an OC search, one of the things, the bigger things that, you know, I was saying and many others out there were saying was how big of a hire this was for Marcus Freeman. Like, this is the hire that will define the entire Freeman era. And I don't, that is not hyperbole. Like, he no. is not an offensive coach. So there, there is a lot of power on an entire side of the ball that goes to the OC. Like there's a, there's so much that Freeman doesn't know about how offenses work because of just of who he is and how he's come up through. You know, he hasn't he hasn't been a head coach for 15, 20 years yet to have a full grasp of all that. That's not a that's not a knock on him. That's just a, a truth uh, statement for you. So this hire was just like like if this if this fails. Marcus Freeman fails. We'll be looking for a new coach in a year or two. If this works out, then it's great. But I mean, the the pressure to like this has to work because if this doesn't work, there is no second offensive coordinator search. Right? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, he's so that's give him. So that's why that's why this whole process with the importance that this has. That's why this whole process is being criticized as much as it is and could be even more if people like stop riding fucking fences about it. It's, it was just a, it was a bad route to go for something that was so crucial to the program. And again, this is not a knock on Jared Parker. I am more than willing to give him a very fair shake and honestly cannot wait to see 
how this all goes down. I mean, it's just, it's exciting to, to have something new. I, and I, I hope it all works out and I, I'm not going to put out the vibes that I think he's going to fail at all. I'm just, I'm just stating what is true is that this was the most important hire of Marcus Freeman's young career at Notre Dame, more important than any coach he hired last season. I, I, so I was thinking about this, this hire was the entire process was a failure. The hire, frankly, was a failure. Everything about this is a failure until it isn't. Right. Do you, do you understand what I'm, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like everything yes. about yes. this is an absolute failure unless this is not a failure. This is this is literally the definition of even sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut. Right. Like this. This could this could be they lucked into this. Or, or they don't luck into it. It's not luck and that he made the right call, but it's not the right call until it is the right call. Um, to be honest with you, Brendan, though, if it was the right call, he would have made it first. Maybe, so I gotta, but, but maybe this is the hire he wanted all along, Jude, and he was just going through the motions. That's too I funny. Got theory, but, I got a theory about this fellow. I got a theory about all this fellows, and I I need you to play along with me, okay? I don't believe that rebuilding the Purdue uh, staff of 2016 is really the answer here, but we can try it. Okay. Nay, okay. Name me the top five coaches in college football over the last decade. Whether they're still coaching or not, who are the top five coaches in college football over the last decade? Nick Head Saban, coaches. Dabo Sweeney, and that's the list. Everybody else is whatever. That's it. That's it. It's Nick Saban is Dabo Sweeney. Kirby Smart. Um, Kirby Smart. Right. There you go. No one wants Hunt. to throw in an Urban You don't want to throw an Urban Meyer in there? No. How many natties does he have? Failure. Altogether? What? Two, three? In the last five years? None. Failure. Less, well, I would say decade, but I mean – Oh, he had the 2014. Yeah, but 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 just but just I say thought, his just say his name. This doesn't work without it. <laughs> Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. What's the thing in common between Dabo Swingy and Urban Meyer? They were both um, wide receivers coaches. Yeah, there's something to me in this modern era of football. I don't know what it is, but just seeing how successful they have been at this level as wide receiver coaches is that coincidence? Maybe is it not? Maybe they just understand better with this new era about how an offense is supposed to get ran or not. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, it makes them a good head coach. Fuck. I don't know. You guys fucking ruined it by trashing urban. I mean, it's, which is fine, but I'm trying to give Parker the cred. Cause he's really a wide receiver turned wide receivers, coach turned tight ends coach. Yeah. Uh, you know that, you know, in the end I, so this, this has, if you're looking for little, little things to pick apart, I like the fact that that's what he was like for whatever, even though it might seem stupid to some of y'all, there's just certain position coaches that I think I, I, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want an old offensive line coach. That's an offensive coordinator. I just don't. Well, I think we talked about this with, with Greg, where it was like, it, he brought it up and he said, who are the offensive coordinators or who were the offensive line coaches that were successful uh, as a, as an uh, you know an OC um, that didn't have an offensive minded head coach, and I looked through the whole list, couldn't find one. Sean Moore, at Michigan, yeah. Alex Atkins at Florida State. I mean, you just go down the list, and they're all um, all of the offensive lines slash 
offensive coordinator coaches, all of the ones that are successful have uh, a, a coach, a head coach that basically calls the plays for them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to pick out little things that I like, but what I'm not going to do is base my decision about my feeling about how I think Parker might be or have any hope on what Parker might be based off his fucking press conference. I, you keep reading and hearing he won the press conference. He won the press conference. And you know what? If that's the thing, then yeah, he did. He had a nice press conference. That guy is a, he does a, a good press conference. Then tell me shit about how he's going to be as an offensive coordinator. Right. Not one little fucking thing. If it was a head coach, that's one thing. But as an OC, I, I don't care. I do not think that this should be anything that we're t- saying more than just in passing that he had a good press conference. He had a good press conference. He put himself out pretty well. He acquitted him. He answered some, some tough questions. I thought he was very careful in some of the things that he answered, um, as you would expect. But none of that tells me how he's going to handle <laughs> the red zone at all. Uh, so I, so none of that really matters to me in the end. It made him more likable to me, which is it's not a bad thing for him or for Notre Dame to make him a more likable character, especially the way Notre Dame, you know, fucked this all up to make him more likable. That's great. Um, so I don't know, man. I just I if one of your biggest takeaways from the Jared Parker press conference is that he won the press conference, I just don't know what that says about him. Or about you, uh, like that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not. I like I, and I'm I, not. His answers in, its, in themselves sh- should have could have won you over. Not just that he won a press conference. The fact that he talked about coaching multiple positions and, and the fact that he's been around the block and there's a, there's all sorts of things built into that that equated as as likable and as um, optimistic. But just given this grand sweep of, man, he was just so damn damn good up at that podium. There's no way this guy can fail. Look, and, and, and he said he said exactly what we want him to say, which is he's committed to the idea of making Marcus Freeman look good. That's exactly what we want out of offensive coordinator. But I want actions, not words, right? Dude, like, dude, how many? Well, you're how not. Many, how many, not co- how many coordinators? That. Dude, how many coordinators have gone up in a press conference and and lost the press conference? Every time we see, like they say, John Tenuta, they all get up there and say the things that you want to hear. Uh, George O'Leary won Except, his press conference. That's it doesn't change the fact that it didn't he never coached a game for us. You know what I mean? Like I don't like. But several I, questions were not I, asked. You know, look, I I have a lot of love in my heart for Tim Priester and all the work he's done over the over the years. But but literally putting the title of your story of Gerard Gerard. Jared Parker notches a win. Gerard. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm still doing it. Jared Parker notches <laughs> a win. first press conference as offensive coordinator. Th- that's just, that's ridiculous. And then the, the lead is it won't compensate for a 40 point outburst against Ohio state. Yeah. I will not be saying at the end of the, I'll not be saying at the end of the Ohio state game, Hey guys, Jared Parker had a great press conference. So let's, let's give him some slack about the t- fact this team only scored 18 points tonight. Okay guys. Okay. Hey, that'd be an improvement from last year. Sure, sure would. <laughs> I just, it, I don't know, man. There's there, there was plenty there. There was plenty of questions not asked. Like, you know, he, 
of the pro- there is a question about the process that you can even ask. Like Parker actually alluded to it. I mean, in some ways, but like during this whole thing, I'm just keep thinking about how, you know, the, these players are involved. They talk to these coaches and they come in the interviews, they have their opinions. Co- the position coaches, there talking to these guys. Like, I want to know what they were told and how they were, rea- how they were reacting to all this stuff. And I also wanted to know, like, like I, w- I wanted somebody to ask the question about being explosive. Chip Long talked about being explosive. Tommy Reese did not ever talk about being explosive. Be a damn playmaker, yeah. I believe is the quote, right? Yeah, I, w- I mean, and Chip Long's offenses showed that expl- like we had explosive plays. Like, that was that was built into the gameplay. That was cooked into the mix, as Tim Priester would like to say. You know, like, like you wanted – I wanted I wanted to talk, I wanted someone to say I wanted him to say something about that, um, even if it was just coach speak and getting people pumped up at the press conference. Fucking someone, please tell me that we're gonna have some explosive plays in this. What was our, our you know our running game was what we leaned on all season long, right? And yet we could barely get a run over thirteen yards until the bowl game. That's that. Ex- yeah, until the bowl game, right? It's which I. Which was against a skeletal, a skeletal right. South Carolina offense or defense. But, you know, explosive, being explosive, just this, the fact just, that like, he didn't say anything about it or nobody asked any questions about it seemed off to me. And I'm not saying that we're not going to be or that he doesn't have, he doesn't think about that. That isn't already like, like I said, baked into the batter or whatever. I just seemed to that somebody wouldn't ask that. Because at least that's a, that's something to, to have him speak to that they could be better than they were last year. Like that's something that you could say you, you could point to and be like, yes, we were not explosive last year. I plan on changing that in a variety of ways because of this and that you can still be vague and still get your coach to be confident. At least you were addressing, you know, the gorilla in the room is that this is just, this was not a dangerous offense to anybody. No, especially, especially not in the moments that like, you know, people like to point at North Carolina, but that that was the worst defense that they played. Um, and a bad BYU defense. And a bad, B, but even the BYU defense, it was like, how many points did you score against BYU? Which, by the way, how the fuck does Uniswag have the BYU uniforms as being like one of the best last year in that game? They weren't even the best ones on that fucking field. Anyways, it's bothered me all day. So yeah, so the press conference, he won the press conference. I just I can't think of anything that would mean less to me other than someone saying they want to have a nasty team. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just it's it's in that I just, ballpark. I, I man. can't I, I can't imagine we're we're sitting there October fourteenth against USC, the offense is struggling with three and outs or something's happening which which is just head scratching play calls and be like Damn, how nice was it on February 20th when he won that fucking press conference? Oh, oh, sweet shit. Oh. Or or using it as a like or Notre Dame scoring 39 points a game. And like, man, all you got to do is go back and look at that press conference and you knew it. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, all these, these all these things are like, look, and that's why that's why at least Stu Mandel has a has a sense of humor about grading his hires and looking back five years later because it is all a crapshoot. Like you just don't know who's going to pop. Right. Right. And so 
Um, and some guys are built better for other places than they are the places you know, they're at. It's just I I love the idea that that Jared Parker was was writing down little ideas about if I was offensive coordinator, this is how I would have. This is the plays I'd be calling, or this is the formations I'd try, or this is the things I would have done in that situation that were different. I like that. I like that. It's very cool. Like, and so maybe, maybe this is like, maybe this guy got promoted to the exact perfect job. And, and I, I will so want to believe that. Um, but maybe the guy got like Marcus Freeman got, uh, you know, he got promoted to the level of his incompetence and, and, and we're going to, we're going to have a, we're going to have an absolute unmitigated disaster. And you know what, if that's happening, if Marcus Freeman's not going to be around that long. So it is I mean, what was, it is. Was Darth Sidious a war daddy? Because I feel like this whole Jared Parker thing is just straight out of Star Wars. <laughs> just I, I do. I mean, I just the way that everything went down, like he was always there. Or he's, or he's that uh, he's that uh, that fan fiction uh, kind of like uh, theory about Jar Jar Binks being a uh, a, <laughs> a Sith Lord, really. Yeah. Yeah, so there, like so this is such a this is such an aside, but there was a Reddit post, a Reddit in the Notre Dame subreddit today. There was I think it was today or maybe in the last two days. There was something about why do people not like um, a certain other reporter from a certain other um, uh, publication that does a lot of YouTubes and has super chats. And um, the one of the funny things was that, you know, our buddy Greg Flamon got actually a couple complimentary uh, uh, words said about him, which was great. But as he should. Uh, um, somebody said OFD is too, I used to like them, but they're too clickbaity now. And I just thought, how great would a headline be? <laughs> Was Darth Sidious award? <laughs> award <laughs> I would click that article. I would click that article. <laughs> how are we too clickbait? I don't think people understand. I don't think people understand what clickbait really is anymore. I think, I think clickbait to me is like when you say the one surprising uh, thing about Notre Dame schedule this year and they're, and, and you open it up and it says that they're playing Clemson, <laughs> you know, it's just like, um, no. I saw, I saw, I mean, you're, you're, you're docking me for being clever is what you're I, fucking doing. I, I, I love you ISD, but they had one this weekend where it was like, this former Notre Dame quarterback is playing in the XFL. And it's like, just say Jack Cone, boy. Yeah. Just say Jack Cone. Right. Yeah, that that does bother me. When they're not the only one. Twenty four seven is notorious. Twenty four seven does it too. Not putting names and things. Um, but there, also, I, there was a recent article I caught a lot of. I caught a lot of shit for for it being quote unquote clickbaity. Clickbaity. Clickbait is like a is a bait and switch. It's tell, telling you one thing in the title and fucking being either totally nothing or something else inside the story. It is not just a nice clever title, which I come up with many of those. Uh, well, and, and I also laugh at the whole like, here's everything that ex ex coach said about Notre Dame on X date, right, or whatever. First of all, it's all what he it's all what he said in a press conference. It's not it's not the cool stuff like where he was shit talking you behind the scenes. But um, the other thing is, transcription is not journalism, and transcription has a point. And I've done transcripts in the past, and and, 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 you know, and thought that they had value or whatever. But a lot of times when I open up an article and it's literally, you're just making me read the press conference faster than I can ingest it through my ears. Like that does serve a purpose, but that's not, that's not journalism, you know? No, so that's no. just, and I, I'll say this, this is, you brought it up too. Like <laughs> welcome to the fucking world that we live in. 
like there are <laughs> there are reasons why these things happen out there with with titles these are people's jobs are the line this is money yeah. right yeah this like, is money like like you're saying oh you're just getting the clicks like you know you know what i'm not ashamed to say yeah we are looking for clicks because that tells you how good i'm at my fucking job and not just me that's at every fucking site it's tim priest you're asking you holding back information on the podcast saying to subscribe to to become a member and i'm not saying it's a bad thing no no that's a hustle right there that yeah absolutely everyone is out there doing the hustle but what i i will not do clickbait articles which i think are clickbait articles because it's fucking bullshit that is a that is a you're you're giving the middle finger to your readers it's not bad to be clever because a clever title will get clicked on Right. I, I, yeah, you're right. More, the, the stuff I've, you know, here's here's every Pac-12 team Notre Dame has never played, and it's just a list, right? And it's just like, okay. I mean, I could have looked that shit up. I I don't know that I needed a specific article, you know. But like, but it would do good. Listicles, right? I, I get that. Oh, listicles are huge. They're right. Huge, I, I get that. I get this slot to sign, you know, was big about listicles back in the day or fan sided, I guess they would say. Right. And I, I don't yeah, know. Well, you're never going to you're never going to click on an OFD article and have to go through a slideshow. Right. There's no there's you no know, slideshow. Or listen, at the same listen, time, like, yeah, about, do, we, do we want your eyeballs? Of course we want your eyeballs. Do we want just your as devi- Yeah. Just as devious as 24 seven slideshow that you don't see. Every time you scroll down. It reloads as another page. Yeah, that's great. Like, so that counts as a page view. So you could be, you could read a, a, a an article uh, on on any site on twenty four seven on any site. ESPN does the, the same article. exact thing. Exactly, yeah. and it just it just boom. Fan side, it does the same thing. Uh, for all the things that SB Nation is and isn't, they don't do that. That doesn't happen here. I don't have slideshows. We don't just start counting ghost page views as you scroll down, making it harder for you just to click back to get back to the thing you're at. So. I don't, God damn, we got off on a on a, <laughs> on a on a policy tangent here. Ah, uh, shoot. All right, so so I just I, I don't know. It's a long-winded way of saying, please uh, title this podcast. Uh, Would Darth Sidious make a good War Daddy? Um, and just see if it if it ups the, uh, the list. Oh, it's it's gonna be in there. It's gonna be in there. I gave. I gave Brendan a uh, a picture of Brad Brent, Pitt and told. I was gonna say, told, do you think Brendan can can make a picture of Jared Parker in a in a full Darth Sidious regalia and then um, and put that as the pot art? Well, I think we'll just be like you'd have to. That's too many words, Jude. You have, see, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. Oh, gotcha. You you, ha, you have to shorten this thing up um, for all sorts of reasons, SEO and for and for just like placement reasons. So like Darth War Daddy is a great is a great. How about phrase. how about Darth Parker War Daddy? But you oh. use but you use a picture of the emperor or Darth Sidious and you Photoshop Parker's face on that and that's yeah. how you get that's how you get the Sidious link. But you say Darth War Daddy, so you're not so it's not a reference to Vader. It's a reference to Sidious and him just being just in the background, just making all these moves to get to his spot of power. Watch out, Marcus Freeman. In two years, it's gonna be Jared Parker yeah. Yeah. as head coach. Yeah. I love it. But you know what? But you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. If Jared Parker is the head coach at Notre Dame in two years, then it was a hell of a hire. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. a hell of a fucking hire. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Or we've or we've completely lost the plot. There's only two <laughs> outcomes, right? I mean, I mean, I guess there is that option. But like, again. like Swarbrick gives a, a 10-year contract <laughs> to Parker 
and says kiss my ass on the way out the door, right? So. <laughs> I mean, there's our Jared Parker leads Notre Dame into new Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> like you deal with it. Uh shoot. That's a, you know, that's a thing that's coming back. You guys want to talk about that just a little bit? What's up? I don't know, just the the whole vibe of um of you know, like of, of hustling things to make sure Texas and Oklahoma were in the SEC um, oh. when they wanted it and all. Yeah, and, up things. Yeah, the whole the whole thing about and not just from outside places, but I think Samson might have spoke to it just a little bit um, recently too about you know regardless of Notre Dame's position and how we think that we're set because there's always an end for the playoff. And sooner or later, like the whole money difference between big like big 10 members and Notre Dame at some point the difference becomes the difference like so, we, we've got we've got many years with Notre Dame being being paid less than like Purdue or Indiana or Iowa from the TV from the TV standpoint and everyone's been okay with it because we get to keep our independent status and yada 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 but at some point there become there comes a time where it's where that gap <laughs> is too wide where now it's like you have to rethink everything. So I, I am a extra point subscriber. And as such, I try to read um, Matt Brown's postings every day that he he gives me a post. And I am of the belief that all this talk is, is a fun distraction from the fact that uh, the NCAA is either going to lose in court or be so badly uh, hindered that the whole idea of a college football as we know it now is going to not even exist in, um, by 2026. And so, um, I, I do love engaging in these like speculative ideas about conference realignments and stuff, but I actually think that it doesn't not going to matter in four years. So no, three I'm years, sure it's not. So. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, once the, I don't know, the California courts and whatever, um, the, yeah, it, it's not going to matter. And eventually, in the next five years, they are going to probably have to move towards a more semi-pro model, right? Yeah. I mean, there's going to be people that branch off and say, look, we can do this better than the NCAA can do it. The NCAA is too hand-strum in its bureaucracy, and and they're fighting for a model that that clearly doesn't work anymore in, in the standard definition of what constitutes an employee. Um, and we don't have to sit here and pretend like we're trying to, um, protect amateurism when, you know, it doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah. exist. And the courts are, are, are saying your, yeah. your, I, your thing might've caught past muster in 1980, but it doesn't pass muster with us today in 2020. It doesn't reflect current realities. And if you're the power five, you don't include the group or you don't grew the, the, the group of six, right? You're just like, no, you're not included. Right. Cause you can't, they cannot keep pace because all of those schools operate in the red. Well, and it's, it's just like when we have these constant discussions about, well, why don't they bring an X school over to the X conference or whatever? It's like, well, that school is not going to add anything to your television market. Right. 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 It's like, why don't you bring, why don't you bring Boise state over to the PAC 12? At all, it's like, well, what is what is Boise, Idaho, going to bring to the back twelve? Nothing. I can tell you what San Diego brings. The A whole San lot Diego of market. Yeah, I get maybe. I guess 
I mean, it's another media market. But well, I mean, you, dude, well, you, you lost Jim L.A. But, see, but the thing is, you lost the entire city of, you of lost, L.A. You lost L.A. So right. you still need Southern like, – San Diego should be – San Diego State should be in the Pac-12 like tomorrow. That's how much they fucking need San Diego State right now. Which is embarrassing because it's – I mean, that's not a program. Like at least with Boise State, you can well, say like, I mean, yeah, they're a program. San Diego State is in my is in my back pocket list of, of programs that are sleeping giants. I could be because of many, many, many reasons. Georgia Tech. There is, is no California school that deserves to be in a sleeping giant role. The California model of of but college but athletics been. is a joke, and their their pool of players is a joke. Their teams are a joke. There is no area in which you can look at the state of California and any of the teams. Oh, you, is Cal is 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 Cal a secret power? Is Stanford a secret power? No, they're all Cal, awful. And the only reason Cal USC, could be. no, Cal cannot. They've never been in their entire history. They had Marshawn Lynch, nothing. Oh. They had Aaron Rodgers, nothing. They were a joke of a program. California as a college football, they are they are a. I guess you can consider them a media market, but they're not. They don't watch. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck in California about football. They have other things to do. They're surfing. They're doing other things. The only markets that the only markets that matter are the Midwest and the South for football. And you can say that like the East, the East Coast is like but, no. The East Coast, like Jim Delaney made the big play for Rutgers in Maryland, and it was like, how's that worked out for you? Not well. No. I mean, you look at media markets, and it's it, it doesn't matter the size of the media market. It matters the appetite of the people that exist within that media market. I, will I mean, take, I will take like Huntsville, Alabama's appetite for sports more than I will take New York's appetite for sports, New York City's. Putting the thought of Notre Dame – or not Notre Dame. Putting the thought of college football like blowing up completely the, the model that it's under aside, I I am like – I might be just days away of finally just fucking writing, I'm ready for the Big Ten for Notre Dame, and I'm not shitting you. <sighs> I it, Listen, for the – this is why. That's because clickbait, you're, I, clickbait. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'll, to, I'll make sure I word it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Like Brett, Brendan, one of Brendan's biggest reasons that he loves Notre Dame being independent, and you, you fucking, you better admit to this, is because that it pisses everybody else off. It does outside of Notre Dame. That's one of your biggest reasons. That's why I'm the biggest Notre Dame fan. (laughs) So one of one of my biggest reasons for Notre Dame going to the Big Ten is that it pisses off a lot of Notre Dame fans. Because I'm telling you right now. I fucking hate a lot of them. I hate a lot of Notre Dame fans. And I know our priest last week in the homily said, don't be hating anymore. But I hate them. <laughs> I can't Joshua, help it. Joshua, it is Lent. I hate anything. Listen, it is, it is Lent. Of, and here you are yeah. being. No, no, no. Oh my. You tell me, let me tell you how my Lent went. Ash Wednesday. Sitting in there five minutes after service was to start. Then they tell you the priest is stuff in tra- stuck in traffic. Stuck in traffic, we're in Hicksville. We had an extra priest coming from Toledo. We had a half-hour wait <laughs> before it got off. And then there was no corners being cut. It was still the full – we were there forever. Anyways, 
<laughs> we, anyways, we all, it was a lovely service. We got our ashes where everyone's happy. Anyway, it's the original, it is the original virtue signal, by the way. Anyways, I can't stand every, like any headline that isn't like, I don't know, anything that Notre Dame changes that, that people, like, like they just scream like a comment tradition. No, hold Sarah, get back to it. Oh, I can't stand these fucking people. I, I cannot stand them. I cannot. I, they're not I even reading anything. Josh, just, I say this, Josh. screaming out emotion that they don't even know that, that exists. So am I ready for Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten? Yes, because it pisses off a lot of Notre Dame fans that I don't like. Plus, I am sick and fucking tired of these schedules that I cannot get behind. What's one of the biggest draws in Notre Dame's schedule this season? It's I fucking Ohio State. I don't to get behind being the third fiddle in a conference. Give me the ACC where you are the care. unequivocal top. I mean, I'm wearing a hockey yeah. jersey that says Big Ten on it right now. <laughs> oh, uh, bless you, by the way. And I was going to I was going to come on here and just trash you for sending me a three XL. Just how does have, it fit? It's like a glove, baby. I you can wear. order size up. You order size up with hockey jerseys. Like I was like, do I order I the wear. L? And I was like, no, I'm ordering the. the I was, I went, I went off. Like you gotta be fucking kidding me. And I was just laughing and and I put it on in front of my wife and she goes, what? It fits. It fits great. (laughs) I'm I have a hoodie on underneath. I was going to say, I threw a hoodie underneath that one. I got a hoodie on right now. I'm wearing a hoodie on underneath this hockey Jersey right now. And it fits so good. And that's how I'm going to wear it. If we did a YouTube, if we did a YouTube, we could all be wearing our, our hockey jerseys that were. I uh, wanted to buy everybody. Money. I wanted to buy everybody the because uh, I got Jude the one I wanted the green. I like script the, Irish. That's I did like Jude's. <laughs> and I wanted to buy everybody the green script Irish, but like they didn't have it in the XL, which I I needed to get. It. And and I'm looking at the arm length for the XL right now, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's six foot. I gotta have that arm length, and I can't imagine what it would be like on the L, and like. The only ones available for me and for like larger than an L were the the Notre Dame whites and I I wanted that green because the one that Jude's got's the one I wanted it's so good that but is, like the, the white fire. the white Notre Dame the white Notre Dame fo- uh, hockey jersey is phenomenal where it's with the the, the Notre Dame um, text is great I mean it isn't is, it nuts how Notre Dame's other sports teams can have such fire fire mm-hmm. uniforms. Like, like the they hockey just like, inspire, like the so hotness. good. Like I thought about getting us all the greens, but I was like, I, well, one, I have enough green stuff, but two, it's like, I don't know. I just felt like we all needed to get the whites. Cause I think that like for the hockey, for hockey jerseys, I've always been partial to whites. Uh, and so I, I got us all whites and Jude got the best one with the, the, the Irish. That was, that, that, that was the one. That, that's, that, that's the hot. But it didn't have it for us. Um, but it does have a it does have a beautiful Big Ten patch on it, which works well. It's got well the beautiful Big Ten patch, which is Brent, and Brendan and I's neck of the woods. That's uh, that's nice. But anyways, I just I I'm not I'm I'm so over the ACC schedule shit. Like I'm just, it is not interesting to me at all. No, like, at all. But if I would, Miami I, and I was thinking like, like I would, all it takes, I would Josh, rather play Illinois. Take. I would rather play Illinois than fucking North Carolina. Yeah, I'm not joking. No, not joking. Don't do that. All it takes, joking. all it takes for the ACC schedule to suddenly become good is for the Florida schools to keep up their end of the bargain, which they have not but, in the last. Hey, 
10 years. They fucking refuse. They absolutely fucking refuse. But they're Florida trying. State's on a, Florida, Florida State's on the ascent. trying. Miami, that's that's another story. The jury's out on but, Florida State or on Miami. But if the Florida schools keep their under the bargain, suddenly you're talking about Florida State being legit, Miami being legit. How many Clemson of the Florida schools legit. do we play this year in our in our schedule? Uh, okay, point taken. But we are playing Clemson at Clemson, right? That's okay, fun. So the one the one game. That's fun. That's it. That's, That's it. Fun. I mean, I mean, Pitt is Pitt. I mean, Pitt's there. That. Personally, I enjoy Pitt being on the schedule. Right. I enjoy Pitt Personally. being on the schedule, too. You you also enjoy Boston College being on the schedule. Admit it. Mm. Admit you like beating Boston College. It's I mean, not about maybe, that it's a good game. It's just that, like I am you not, like to put them in their place. I am not so blind that I can't that I can't sit here and say, like, I think maybe I am just I just enjoyed the Notre Dame schedule that I knew much more than I do now because you had Michigan and you had Michigan. State. The one that I had Michigan state and Michigan, and even fucking state. Purdue put down, put down your, uh, your sleep mask, <laughs> you know, even a little well, Purdue in there. Well, well, throw me, a little PC, a little, a little pit. You have, you have Southern Cal, like, and you're still able to throw in a couple of others. Let you know, me some off here, like I'll throw a Tennessee in there. I just, it's Notre Dame would have gotten be, it's just so fucking Notre Dame would have gotten there. And you want to say Ohio State, there's your big gut team. Well, Let's they're go. already playing they're already playing Ohio State next year. So twenty twenty four. Let me let me just offer you this. Right, but I'm saying the saving grace of Notre Dame's schedule next year is a fucking Big Ten team. Well, it's also that is, Clemson. That is the saving grace. And USC. But, but will it be Clemson by the time we get there? Because I maybe, have high fucking doubts. Maybe, about that. maybe. But but I mean, maybe Klubiak's good, but so he, and, and they got an actual legitimate offensive coordinator, right? They have a legitimate <laughs> offensive coordinator. How's their offensive line? Does, does Will Shipley am, finally I, get fucking hurt because they give him the I ball 40 fucking times? I'm unsure, but at you least know, cause they he's super fast according to some people. But so the 2024 schedule, right? You get your Purdue, Josh, you're fine. You, you're Purdue, but you also get the Florida. So you get Florida State coming to Notre Dame and you get Miami coming to Notre Dame. No, I get it. I've, I've, I've done the legwork on this, Brennan. I've done the legwork. That's, that's I'm fun. Just, I'm not, I'm not, a all, it takes I'm not for, completely. all it takes for the ACC schedule to suddenly be okay is for the Miami, for the Florida schools to it's decide. It's for something to that hasn't happened. In a decade. <laughs> a decade. Well, but you, but you got to have, 14. honestly, you got to have both of them being firing. You can't just right. have one. You got to have both of them firing. You got to have both of them firing. And, maybe, and by the way, and by the way, there's enough. There's enough noise floating around about Florida State dipping and out. Miami's Miami's bringing the air raid to to Coral Gables for the first time. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for the air raid because I I think that the air raid is what Miami should be running with the athletes that they have. In well, it's what you think of when you think of the Jimmy Johnson teams, like right, which exactly. they which they were not an air raid team, but the exciting but part about were. them was like back back then they could throw the ball better than anybody else. Right. It just outside of BYU who beat <laughs> fucking beat Miami and Pennsylvania, you know, but they can hawk that ball down the field, but there's great wide receivers in the NFL that came out of Miami. So yeah, they, the air raid makes sense. It At any sense. rate, look, I'm just saying, I'm just at the, I guess I'm at the point where I don't care. I just hate Notre Dame's schedule moving forward. They're always going to have fucking Navy on there, which, which drags the ticket. That's down. a bummer. 
It is unironically an, uh, an anchor sinking Notre Dame schedule to the bottom. But you look at like Phil Steele's like top 15 toughest schedules in the country. And I'm not asking for Notre Dame to have the toughest schedule in the country. I don't want that. But they were like nowhere in the conversation. In, for what? In, for next year? Yeah. You got Florida State, which is going to be a top 10 team. And you have Clemson as the top 10 team. You got, you have Ohio you got State. Tennessee State. You got – I mean, yeah, it's the bottom Michigan. rung, yeah, the bottom yeah. rung of your of your schedule is so bad that you're top that the top. But the, but that's look, how Alabama's cashed in their chips, right? Is their bottom rung has been trash, but they play LSU and they play Georgia in the title game. But that play, right, that that division has been strong enough to to help carry so, the water. So just looking at 2023, like top 10 teams or top 20 teams, right? Ohio State's going to be a top 10 team, right? Top five team. Probably. I don't know. I don't know who their quarterback is. Whatever. But USC is going to be a top five team ish. Um, Clemson's going to be a top 10 team. Um, I, I mean, the front the front load of the schedule, that's a schedule that if you win 11 games, you're in the playoff. And you don't have to play a conference title game. I get it. Well, but you're never going to have a I don't know. I just I don't know. You I can go am, 11 and one with next year's schedule. Depending I'm bitter about the, I'm how, bitter about the ACC. I am fucking bitter about the ACC because the because the Floridas haven't upheld the end of their bargain. They have not, and that's not. that's the entire that's the entire point of the the ACC is that like well you know who else you know who else hasn't lived up to their fucking end of the bargain North Carolina for getting like blowjobs like the last five preseasons. But but North Carolina has been what North Carolina football like when like. When right, is North, I mean, like essentially you can look at North Carolina football and you can point at like Larry Fedora for two years and you can look at the various, um, uh, you know, runs that Mac Brown's had other than that, like that, that football program is just okay. not Mac okay. Brown is okay. the model we should be following. I'm sorry. Hey, here, yeah, yeah. Here's, Ryan here's North Carolina. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to raise you. I'm going to raise you at Virginia tech. Okay. I you know. I, I just, there, there, there are multiple programs in this NC conference should, that have NC just fucking be been tanking. Wasn't NC State a premier program last year? Uh, well, I mean, the they're going to get them. They're going to get them uh, week four before uh, Central next year. It's just like I don't know, man. It, maybe maybe it's hubris because Notre Dame has been just fucking slaughtering that conference for the last five years. But I mean, it's just that. Do you think uh, that's how Ohio State's felt about the Big Ten before Michigan had a resurgence? No, because no, because that's a whole different mindset. Like, is born and bred. So they're they're coming at it from a whole different mindset than than what we are. They, they look at they look at having a boring Big Ten schedule as a birthright. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I saw Alan Trammell got interviewed today wearing some kind of do rag. So everything's torn. Everything's torn up. Uh, I did not mean to go off on like on a 20 minute tangent about the schedule. <laughs> That's what we I do. Not. That is what we do. Well, true. The OFD podcast. True. I mean, I, I could certainly circle back to Alistair Crowley and Jack hey, Parsons. Joshua. I, I just want to say that. In the beginning of that diversion, I went downstairs, grabbed myself a beer, got the beer 
uh, opener, cracked the beer and drank the entire beer while listening to you guys. Uh, so I, I salute you. I, that was, a that was, that was good content right there. For that me. is the, that is the single high podcast, Frank model of podcasting. That's right. Let's get it done. Did you, I, I did, you didn't rate it though. I didn't, I didn't crack it on air and I no, didn't see did what, what I was drinking and I and didn't, you didn't hear the audible sigh from Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't probably had a beer since two thousand and what seven? So you, you know, didn't give up. So you you didn't give up beer for Lent. I don't give up anything for Lent. I don't give up. You know what? You don't, I don't give up anything don't. for Lent either. My wife does. Lent, I never do. Lent, never do. Lent is okay. a social construct. <laughs> I have a laund- dude. I have a laundry list of things. It's the only time I can actually make myself not do something I want to do. All right. Let's. Can we? Are you going to share them with the group or what? Yeah, what are you probably, giving up? I read the article yeah. on OFD where you were very non-committal about what you were yeah. going to football give up, which was, uh, I, was I read it. I read I it about, and I was like, <laughs> I was expecting to see some hot fire and so I got a bunch of la- nothing. The last two like editorial articles I've written, I've been like, like just on the very edge of like passing out while I'm writing it. And so I, I go back, you know, after I wake up later on the next day or whatever and read it. Like what the fuck did I just what write? Like, what what the hell is this? Why did I not have a clickbait? <laughs> give up something for Lent here. Uh, but I mean, there there's just there's just several like dumb things. Like I gave up energy drinks because I could not stop. I I I really cranked that number of Red Bull up. Uh, as and I've watched my weight. Once you uh, once you discovered. Increased that the best place to get them is off the turnpike. It just, it rock, it rocketed up the chart. Well, no, the, listen, this, the strawberry apricot is now a full fledged, uh, full-time member again. And now it's everywhere again. So, but there's a guy at work. that keeps coming in with the winter one that I can't find any, anywhere. Cause it's out, but he keeps coming into him and to work with one. And I keep looking at him. Like I'm going to punch him and steal his red bull. So anyway, I, I, I probably should. Anyway, so I gave up energy drinks, which is a big one for me. Because of my lifestyle, uh, but it was also a big one that I need to I need to drop. Um, I don't know, man. Just like a lot of them are self serving, and so it's not really a. <laughs> but it's a sacrifice. Uh, but they are very self serving sacrifices. I give up meat. Uh, That's enough. <laughs> I mean, it is so difficult for me. But do, because so my do wife refuses a, to. I like I ate fish. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I had my some, wife. Do you give up? Do you give up, wife, you give up uh, meat every day though? The no, entire time. fuck that. It's not the 1600s. So just, so just Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday and Fridays. And Fridays, yeah. That's that's not a big deal. No, I'm not. That's I'm not. I'm not much. You can sit. I don't, you can sit down. Wrong. You can sit down and have just a big ass bowl of of fettuccine Alfredo. No, we we don't do the fettuccine Alfredo. We do ketchup Pepe now, my man. Okay. That is the jam. Or, or you could do Chesapeake Bay shrimp. You know, yeah, but my wife fettuccine well, kid, and, a, that's the one and a butter and a butter olive oil sauce with a shitload of old bay seasoning on it. Crushed red pepper with some lemon juice. Is uh, this is this a conspiracy by Old Bay to up their marketing? Uh, I, I'm I feel like like I'm seeing a lot of Old Bay recently. You think I'm getting on the back end here? Yeah, I, well, I you're not wrong. There's Old Bay flavored Pringles, Jude. There's Old oh, Bay. Old Bay's everywhere now. Someone actually bitched in the comments. I don't know if it was in the comments of there or on Twitter about about yeah, I went to Maryland and, and they put they put Old Bay on the rim for a for a martini or a margarita. Like yeah, duh, it's delicious. Like you, you should be like your rim of of every Bloody Mary 
should be rimmed with Old Bay seasoning. That is fucking where it's at, son. I, uh, I yeah, know. I just it was it, funny it, seeing the Indiana guys tweet something out about <laughs> Old Bay seasoning the day I I, I used an Old Bay seasoning can as the lead image. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but no, I'm giving up a bunch of bunch of self serving things uh, to get me from the 277 that I am right now. <laughs> I'm a fucking I am an all American. Uh, guard in 1980. Uh, back down to somewhere around 220, 230. It's doable. So yeah. a lot of my sacrifices have to do with that. Uh, but there's, I also give it up some other things um, that, you know, I'm not going to get into my parenting style. There's some things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing to, to see if this helps my, my kids, uh, you know, raising, you know, raising your kids. You're just going to give up whipping them with uh, an extension cord. I get it. I get it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell Dylan to give up a second job. (laughs) You know, you know, you're going to tell him to stop working in the the coal mine. So, so yeah, so I got, I got a list. I think all three kids gave up candy, which is for a kid, man, is fucking tough. My daughter, my daughter does, did that one year, years ago. And we, did, we were like, there's no way she can survive. And she did it, man. She did it solid, which made Easter like like the greatest day ever uh, to wake up. To just a, oh, yeah. They're just cracked out of their minds. Uh, you yeah, know, I give, like two whoppers. I'm, I'm with Jude. I give up meat. That's enough for me. That is a, that is an enormous uh, chunk of, of, of like – I mean – the whole meat thing isn't a big deal. I mean, I can eat. Well, you're I a fi- you, food. My wife. I eat food three or four times wife. a week as it is. My wife does my not wife. eat seafood. She does not. So I I can't get away with it because like my wife does not eat seafood. So it's like I'm eating I'm eating salads and I'm eating um, meatless pasta, which is oh, fine. For, di- for dinner tonight, I made a uh, just an oven oven baked uh, salmon uh, that was just smothered in olive oil and Old Bay seasoning. And uh, and some clam chowder uh, sprinkled with some Old Bay seasoning, uh, and some broccoli with a little bit of Old Bay seasoning on top of that too. So, <laughs> I mean, I find that for you is just an excuse to eat Old this Bay. Is not, this is not a coincidence. He said Old Bay way too many times there. This is so <laughs> many times here. There's some back because you can put it. What does it say on the can? For okay, seafood. now we're marketing salads, meats. Now we're marketing. And then, it, then it says see back. Right, so lot. when we move when we move to the new podcast network, let me get this straight. We need sponsorships from Home Run and Pizza and Obey. Would and you home run at Home Run and Pizza? Oh, oh, little shrimp, shrimp on your uh home oh, run you in. Hey, home run in is they like that's one of their big things on Instagram is like take your home run in cheese pizza, which is just there's is just fantastic. They're like, do something with it. So you could do like a uh Oh God! Shrimp yeah, and old like bay. A pineapple on it. But are you, Jude? <laughs> you know my kids get, will get serious. Get my kids serious. exclusively yeah. pizza with pineapple. By the okay. way, this is this proves that I pay attention to the OFD Instagram uh, page, though, right? Oh, I see. I see you on there. I see yeah. you on there. I I didn't put that on Twitter, but that was <laughs> I, I laughed for like an hour. I don't think so. I no, it was on. I think just on Instagram. I laughed for like an hour because it's that. Brennan, I know you didn't see it, but it's that uh, 
it, it's just a picture of uh, like Nikki from Casino as they're like dragging him, you know, the dragging him by where yeah. him and his brother are about to get smoked, you know. And it's like live shot of a Italian American man seeing pineapple put on a pizza. <laughs> the horror. <laughs> uh, it it worked well. It worked well. My wife follows <laughs> the uh, the the OFD Instagram. She lets me know. She does. She does. Oh yeah. She does. So we're trying to trying to make a name for ourselves. Speaking of making a name. I think we're still partners with Home Field. I don't. I'm gonna have to check, but we're just gonna go ahead. And throw hey, we're there. wearing, Homefield, Homefield. We're wearing um, uh, uh, Notre Dame hockey jerseys because of Home Field, and our and and uh, our betting acumen. Because you know what, you know what would go great under a under a Notre Dame hockey jersey. Uh, you mean the Notre Dame leprechaun? You mean the Notre Dame leprechaun hoodie that I'm wearing underneath this uh, hockey jersey? <laughs> I was wearing a Dayton Flyers uh, home field apparel uh, hoodie that I got during a mystery hoodie uh, sale. Um, so I wore that underneath my uh, jersey when I put it on today. Well, I am uh, I am pretty uh, hot blooded. So right now I just have on my gorgeous Vandy script uh, T-shirt. Luckily, uh, it's just. Loving it. You know, I was pissed. I ruined my uh, my TCU shirt. Samson shout out the, the other day. Purple. And if you got yeah, my purple, my purple TCU oh, shirt no. uh, ruined. Uh, so that gets the sleeves cut off of it, and that's a new yard shirt now. So it's it's not a total loss because now I can look uh, fantastic out in the yard uh, with the guns blaring. Uh, but um, yeah, I was pretty pissed about that. But use the code one foot to save fifty percent off your first order. We are still waiting as they have the, <clears throat> just these amazing refreshes going on right now. Uh, and again, ringer tees. Okay. Ringer tees are out there. Joggers are out there. They're, they're doing it. <laughs> so we're just waiting to see if quarter their name is going to quarter zips. Is quarter a zips. Thing that's happening. Brendan, <laughs> Brendan had some strong words to say about Hate quarter em. zips. Hate them. <laughs> Well, it's just it, let, let's be honest. It's just slapping the logo on a quarter zip, right? It it's is not, because it's, it's not a great logo. logo. It depends on the logo. On the lo- it does. I just want joggers and I want a ring tee. Yeah, give me joggers and a ring tee for the I, love of God. And I, and you know what? I will buy an additional uh, hoodie for whatever you put out there, as long as it's got a hood on it. But yeah, I'll, I'll drop I'll drop 150 bucks if you put another name out there, please, for the love of God, Homefield. Let me spend $150 on your Take apparel. my money, please. Take my money. Yeah, please, please. And just, and hey, maybe you're impatient, and maybe your wife or maybe you are a cricket fan. Homefield has that core collection hoodie. So if you love the product, but you just like, you could, hey, I could put this on myself and not have to worry about lawyers, go right ahead. The core collection is right. Like right now, I am staring at this fantastic color, uh, a green hoodie. Uh, just blank green hoodie there at the over at home field that I could get and I could slap on a light up Grace Hall logo on there. I you could, could put, put an, that, one foot a, down on a there. 1970s I mean, Eastern Michigan logo on there that they won't put on there. You could put a picture I'm, of the brick dick on there. You know what? I could, I could put the brick dick on there and be a hero uh, to the five people from Eastern that follow me. Uh, so <laughs> maybe maybe that's the thing. Uh, but look, Hopefield's got it covered. They are adding more and more and more and more and more. Uh, it just keeps coming. And I'm telling you, those those fucking ringer tees, those are hot. So good. Those are, those are hot sauce. Uh, so check that out. 
but yeah, yeah. So still, we're still waiting to find out what goes on with the, uh, you know, not waiting, but we, we will be moving to a different network uh, with the podcast. Not much should change with you guys. Uh, the name might be different. So I'll be, cl- I'll be uh, kicking around a clickbaity podcast name for sure. Um, but I think we've already kind of like, yeah, it's, general, it's the War Daddy podcast. Yeah, right? it's the War War Daddy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> we're gonna need we're gonna need me in that. Uh, like, put us three in that picture. Put Pat in there. I, I think I think the name of the podcast is gonna be uh, Senior Day Black Eyes, right? Um, in in memory of uh, Jimmy McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> that that could fit. That could fit really well. But anyway, so yeah, we got those things coming down the pipe. I do apologize. I do very much apologize for everyone that has tried to contact me about where, when are we getting the OFD podcast during this whole process with the co- coaching stuff. Again, we got things going on, and we just. I think Brennan and I could have done a podcast on Sunday night. We want to have Jim. or. You know, there's there was no way that we were going to tackle this subject uh, without one of us. Like we we right, all need to I be mean, in like, on this. We'll do a post game wrap up. Yeah. Without one of us, no problem. And like especially with Jude, like <laughs> of, of all of us that had big feelings about it, like Jude had the exactly. biggest feelings about exactly. this. And there's no I in, way I was in my feelings as the kids. You like, were in your feelings. Yeah. I mean, there's no right. way you can have like the way that Jack. Jack went about this and everything that went in the Parker hire where it couldn't include all of us. Yeah. So again, sorry about the wait, but we wanted to make sure you got the full OFT podcast experience and all this. Um, even if it was a little late, I guarantee you, if this would have been like, you know, four or five days, there'd be a lot more screaming, uh, a lot more things being hit, a lot stronger words being used. Um, if, if you could believe that, but I still feel that you got, you know, I still feel that we gave you our full scope of of how we thought things went down and how, you know, you know, I still think that we're all three committed about being somewhat optimistic about the future. Like we're all just, we're all in wait and see mode, but like, you know, we're okay about it. Right. You know, I mean, it, we're optimistic without like, licking. The we bit. don't know. We don't know where this is going. Right. Yeah, we, we don't we just have, we don't. we've been, you know, and that's why, I just want to just like uh, in war, Jude. You don't know where you're going when you jump on that tank. I want to. I want to tank with the war daddy. You just follow the, the war daddy. Think about the fact that we do preseason predictions and then we go back and look at them afterwards, and we celebrate our victories, but we also laugh at how hilariously wrong we were. Like, <laughs> do not, do not. I do not have the definitive right opinion about anything, um, and so you know. We'll be rooting for it to, to do show not, up. Do not mistake how assertive I am on this podcast. <laughs> let me, me tell you. It's, it's going to actually come out the way I say it. Let it's me tell you about out. how many points Georgia Tech is going to score on Notre Dame in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. All I'll say is uh, Javon McKinley, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, let's see. I think that, that should cover everything. I think we're good to go. This is a, this was a kind of a, well, no, no, nope. Sorry, Jude. You don't get to go to bed just yet. Get another beer. <laughs> so Notre Dame hockey. Yeah. Brennan and I were, Brennan and I were leaving out to dead. 
uh, after the Michigan State sweep. And it's kind of true, but it also and it kind of points to like how fucking important it was to actually win one of those games. Yeah. Uh, but legitimately, Notre Dame right now is sixth in the conference going into this weekend. But if they can sweep Michigan, which they are six and one against in the last seven meetings up in fucking bigot racist Yost Arena. Rename the arena. If they can sweep them and the number one team in the country, Minnesota, sweeps Ohio State. Notre Dame is like in a shot, still has a great shot, ended up number two in the conference. I think the other series is uh, Penn State, Wisconsin, where we just can't have Penn State sweep in Wisconsin. Anything else can happen other than getting two outright wins uh, by Penn State. So it's a lot. It, it sounds like a lot. But in reality, Minnesota playing Ohio State, Minnesota is just fucking, they are the best team in college hockey this year. Um, and it's really not that close. We all have these beautiful uh, jerseys now, so it should bring good juju, right? Right, right. So we're, we're what, just trying to get Notre Dame to that at number two spot so we don't have to play Minnesota till later. They're ranked 14th, I think, in pairwise, um, which technically they're in, but 14th ain't going to get you there. Uh, yeah. You're going to have to beat you know, 12 or higher. Uh, but it's a huge weekend. It's against Michigan. Um, Billy will have the preview up uh, probably on Friday like normal. Um, I highly recommend you watch the day. It's going to be televised. Watch it. Get, get, get fully, fully committed into this. It is Michigan, by the way. Yeah, and the revolution will be televised. Yeah, yeah. So get yourself into that. It's a great distraction from Notre Dame men's basketball having a just fucking terrible team this year. Uh, so that's fine. Um, Notre Dame women's basketball back to their winning ways. They're, they're edging themselves up. Kind of, yeah, they really, uh, they really dropped it against Duke at home to take a sole possession of the ACC. But, um, but they're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. And, uh, you know, gunning for a a good position there in the NCAA tournament. Um, men's lacrosse is off to a good start. Uh, Drew Brennan, our new uh, men's lacrosse writer. Uh, what about baseball? Uh, how how did the, how the hey, series go against Lipscomb? Well, I want I want to say one more thing. Drew Brennan, uh, who just started, just showing up, showing up and uh, working the credential area, <laughs> lacrosse game. I found out when he tweeted it out. I'm like, huh? <laughs> That's fantastic. by the way, that that Lipscomb uh, write up on OFD was the best write up on Notre Dame baseball I've seen in a while. Yeah, from uh, from Jordan. Yeah, that was phenoms. I'm hoping that is he 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 was kind of like asking me like you know what he should be doing in the off season. He kind of had some that. baseball basketball stuff. More baseball uh, stat stuff would be fucking phenomenal. So that, yeah, that was, was phenomenal. Great. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that was uh, good. I, speaking of that uh, that 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 uh, abysmal start against Lipscomb with Notre Dame was uh, one and two. Start the season, Notre Dame baseball. They went down to Nashville. The first 17 games are on the road for obvious reasons. Yeah. They're down in Nashville. Uh, lost or lost first game on the second, lost the third game. But one of those games that I, I ran across this TikTok, just for some random guy. I don't follow him or anything. He just was on my my FY my FYP. And he's got the Notre Dame Lipscomb game, which is like the the worst televised quote unquote televised slash screen performance you could ever see. Like the are camera about- literally. Literally had the chain link fence in front of it. Nordered Notre Dame is that the Notre Dame game? Yeah, but this guy's like Notre Dame wrong. Check out this thick king, the <laughs> pitcher for for Lipscomb. I think his last name's like Dunkelberg. 
and he's from <laughs> Goldberg. Yeah, he is thick, and he's originally from South Bend, and he's out there just wasting Irish batters. Just this thick king, as the guy kept saying, because he is he is he looks like Bartolo Colon out there on the mound for Lipscomb. So that was kind of funny. Um, hopefully they get uh, get some things turned around. Um, my brand new son Jack Finley. And I like to thank all the Finley family for following me, uh, and Jack Finley for uh, on the TikTok. So I'm all in on the Finley family and Jack Finley for Heisman. Uh, hopefully Notre Dame baseball can get this thing looking a little better. I have no long-term comments about one series to start the season. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't nice to go one and two. Wasn't nice. No. Jude, what's our women's lacrosse report? So the women are start off the season two and one. They had a close loss to uh, Northwestern, who actually looks really good this year. Uh, I think they're fifth ranked. So it was, um, they, there's this, uh, there's a woman on um, Northwestern, Izzy Skane, and she scored 10 goals uh, against Notre Dame, eight, eight in the second half. So that was a little rough, but they uh, came back and trounced Central Michigan. Uh, they actually have a game Saturday against Clemson. And I think I mentioned this before on the podcast, but Clemson is actually a first year team for women's lacrosse. So last year, I think it was last year was Pitt's first season. And now Clemson has added a women's lacrosse team. So um, it should be, it should be fun and should be pretty easy win. So um, this is not the meat of the ACC schedule. The meat is definitely Boston college, North Carolina, all those teams that are super, super good. But um it was nice to see sort of where they are uh, relative with the uh, playing against Northwestern and uh, still got a way to go, but uh, still two and one. So that's good. And they're ranked, uh, I believe 14th. So good shit. Good yeah. shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Notre Dame spring sports. I, I mean, I really, really am. Uh, Cause I'm going to promise you right now, you take this one to the bank, whatever you thought you were getting from Notre Dame spring football last year, just go ahead and subtract about 500 off of that for this year. <laughs> about what you think you're going to see. It's, it's, it's going to, you're going to get the spring game and a lot of like frustrated beat reporters, not knowing how to describe things that they can't see. Right. Yeah. We're not expected. We're not expecting like a, we are, we are undefeated anymore. Putting, we are un, we are collectively undefeated in putting outsized importance in spring game performances, and I do not expect that to uh, to uh, fuck the trend in 2023. So, yeah, yeah. Just say, Greg. I think I wrote an article. I even even put it in a parenthesis about Greg punching <laughs> his fist through the wall. But you're just not going to get a whole lot of spring practice looks uh, for the media for people to digest. You're going to get a lot of like 20 second flat like. Real quick flash uh, video things uh, on social media that will show you almost absolutely nothing. Um, and that's just what that's where we're at. That's what I'm it is. And a few needs. Uh, put put a nice crisp pass of Tobias Merriweather, uh, Moss, and some DB, and uh, Sam Hartman throwing a beautiful ball. And I think I'll I think I'll be okay. So I I definitely think. I mean, I Notre Dame needs to sell the shit out of Sam Hartman this spring. Like, I think this whole thing about competition with Buckner and all that, I think that needs to be done with. You need to stop saying that right now. And this needs to be all about selling Sam Hartman and Jared Parker and sell the shit out of it. 
right? Like push all your chips that way and just make it sing. It's my personal opinion. So if, if anybody from Notre Dame is still listening to me, that's my, that's my advice. I'm right. I know I'm right. You know I'm right. Just fucking do it. <sighs> All right. Jude, what do you got left in the tank, bud? Well, I just wanted to say that I had a really great uh, experience. I took my 10-year-old son to uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Portland, Maine, and Boston, Massachusetts this last uh, President's Day weekend. I uh, hi- highly recommend the um, the Fenway Park tour if you uh, if you go. Hopefully you get a guy named Bob. He was he was a walking encyclopedia of knowledge about the park, which was very cool. Um, my son had a great time. He's already declared himself wanting to go to college in Boston, which hurt my heart a little bit. But um, I think you know at ten years old you make pronouncements about all sorts of things. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> so. Uh, and he definitely wants to go see a game at, at Fenway. And he said the Tigers are his second favorite team. So take that to the bank, guys. So he likes to be tortured. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's declared himself a Red Sox fan. And now the Tigers are his second favorite. So I'm not sure he's still – I believe he's yet to watch a full baseball game. So I'm not sure that he's really all in per se. But Well, at least he's better than Josh's son. <laughs> Sons. <laughs> one goes the Yankees, one goes the other one goes the Mets. Oh, just the oof. It's, oh, uh, I mean, I'm a well, at least one is, is but that's is that's rough. That's rough. So ascribed himself to a lifetime of suffering. The other has, uh, well, I mean, the way the well, what was the last Yankees World Series? 2009. That was yeah. certainly oh, sooner than 84, but still. So and then the, Ryan finally finally settled in on a NFL team. He didn't want to go with the Packers with me. Uh, so for a while he was, this is kind of funny. He's can't Kansas city, co- right? Well, for a couple of years, he was the Eagles. He was on a, on a oh. peewee team that was named the Eagles. So he just made them like his favorite team. And then I don't know if it was last year, two years ago, he went with the chiefs. He's like, he went all in on the chiefs. So it was kind of a funny super bowl. It was a battle of, of, you know, what, what his teams were. So now he, now he is cemented in as a Chiefs fan. And I told him there's no fucking coming back from this now, Chief. That's right. All right. You're, in. You're done. Like, this is it. This is it. No, so, no, no, hey, no, state of Ohio, no. that's what happens when you make the highest paid uh, person in your state an absolute deplorable in, individual, and you can't keep kids in your state for rooting for your teams. Thanks a lot, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dylan still has uh still has some he has some time to work out. Uh, how loyal he wants to be. And if you, you know, going green Bay would go a long ways, uh, to secure in that spot. But, uh, at least the boys are Notre Dame through and through. So I can't complain too much. Although the Yankees Mets thing is just fucking, it's hard it's to swallow, man. Especially, especially when like Detroit had the season they had last year. Like you just want to give up on baseball in like may. You know, I may mean, have another one of those. Oh, there's a, it's not like it'll just coming back from the dead. No. It's the only way that, Notre, that Detroit's gonna <laughs> Detroit's gonna be anything again. You need Mike Illich to come back from the dead and, and break out the checkbook. Ugh. Jim Leland, where are you? Smoking palm balls uh, somewhere. <laughs> damn right, damn right he is. You know, and what, that's what's fucking even sucks even worse for me. With Dylan being a Mets fan, with Verlander and Scherzer both. Oh, I know. 
like, uh, so, uh, we are not sponsored by Breaking Tea, but my friends at Breaking Tea, what do they got? They got this great uh, Mets t-shirt and hoodie design that have uh, Verlander and Scherzer on it. And my wife's like dying to get Dylan one of these. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> absolutely fuck, no. <laughs> not going to have one of my kids walking around with a Mets Verlander and shirt. I mean, what a slap in the face. Disgusting. Uh, Brenda, what do you got left in the tank? Empty. The tank. Is- <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I was just—I was surprised that I was able to make it through the whole pod with this uh, ice storm that's going on, and everyone around me, literally <laughs> everyone around me, is uh, sans power. Um. I'm just excited for spring to get here. I'm excited for winter to be done. Um, spring sports in our name is going to be fun. But um, I I actually think that this year's spring game is going to have a ton more intrigue than last year's spring game. Um, I think the one thing – The game, certainly. The game, certainly. The but game. I also think the hype is going to be higher because I think that like – the one thing we didn't mention on this entire podcast is the name Sam Hartman. And I think that that's sort of what well, I said it. I said it. Well, I think that that, that raises all ships within the, uh, uh, the docks here is that like, whatever you think of what, whatever you think of, um, you know, Jared Parker, I think that, that that's the thing I'm most excited for is to see, a legitimately competent quarterback for the first time since I don't know, Jimmy Clausen, honestly, if we're going to be real about this, like a real, a real honest threat. to God, a real threat at the quarterback position. And I want to see what that looks like. And that's what has me most excited for that first half of the, the, the blue gold game before my kids end up dragging me out of the stadium at halftime. So In early weather, Early weather report for the uh, for the blue goal game yeah. is uh, is 57 degrees and mostly sunny, I'll take uh, it. with only a six percent chance of rain. I'll take it. It was like it was it was hot last year, the blue goal game. So uh, yeah, if I if I looking at the uh, winds out of the northwest at 18 miles an hour, if I get 56, uh, I'll wear my Notre Dame fo- my Notre Dame hockey jersey over top of a hoodie. <laughs> Oh, you'd be sweating. That's too hot. Yeah, sitting in the the stadium with the uh, the din of the crowd going nuts at uh, St. I Harvard. mean, fifty six and yeah. listen, fifty six, fifty seven degrees in April is the same as like eighty five in August. <laughs> I know. I mean, the humidity is going to be there too. Um, and I know you, you, that you are a. I mean, you wrote it in the uh, the Lent uh, article, but there's a party that you want to see clips of Hartman, right? You want to see Hartman throwing to. Oh yeah. To, I mean, I just, I just, I just said that a few minutes ago, like Notre Dame needs to sell the shit out of this and not just like with clips on social media practice, like actually in the blue gold game, like let it rip like Jared Parker, buddy, be a war daddy. Let that throw shit fucking fly. Let it fly, man. Let's see what we got. All right. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. There is no other Notre Dame football podcast out there that is going to give you a fucking weather report as accurate and as early as what we're giving you. 
Like and subscribe. I wish uh, still, still I everybody's wish, phones. I wish Jared Parker was 40 years old. He's 42 because there would be a WD-40 joke to make here. War Daddy, WD. Oh, man, we are. Although if he averages 40 points a game, I would there love you go. that. And I would definitely call him WD-40. Make the shirt. Print the shirts. <laughs> look, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of possibilities we had. And look, Jared Parker is a country boy. You get you guys catch that accent, him talking? He was born in Huntington, West like, Virginia. I would hope that he has an accent. Yeah. Yeah. People, people, home of people Marshall. Are, people are loving the people are loving the uh the win the press conference because of his answers. I just like the attitude and the and <laughs> and the accent. Like, like, give me something to hang my hat on. Give me something a little bit different uh, than just blah, 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 blah. You know, give me something different than uh, the Chicagoland, but not really Chicago accent. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. All right. Well, that's it for us. Um, one note. Nope. Nope. I'm gonna keep that a surprise. Keep that a surprise. Ooh. You'll, you'll know, you'll know, and when you know, you'll know. When you see it, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so keep those uh, those reviews coming in. Go on over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review, and a review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next OFT podcast. And I promise you, we will be out of the woods on uh, the next podcast as far as like as far as feelings go, maybe. So we will get back to rank everything during the off season. Um, <laughs> there was too much going on with the whole Jared Parker and playing catch up with that, that whole thing. We just had to get all that out there. Plus Alistair Crowley, plus Jack Parsons, plus letting promises, plus hockey jerseys. Uh, so just, there was just too much tonight, uh, but we will get back to rank everything on the next on the next show. Um, and they, hey, you got suggestions for that. You can throw those in those five-star reviews, by the way, because that, that could be a thing. That could definitely be a thing. Um, so that's it. For Jude, for Brennan, for everybody over at One Foot Down and myself, thank you for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>